All right. Greetings and salutations, everybody. PL on FM is back with another episode. Uh, your usual guests are here, Drew, Tristan, and myself, but also my sociology professor. Introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Jonas Hart, and I am a sociology professor at JNE. What else you want to know? Fun fact. Uh, fun fact. I helped pick the now president of U.S. soccer this past weekend. I was a voting member of wow. the, uh, the USSF. Wow. That is awesome. <laughs> Who'd you vote for? We have a high-profile uh, guest. The winner. Hey. Uh, yeah, she, she's... Um, what party is she? <laughs> winning. Uh, no, it was actually pretty contentious. So, I, I mean, we can get into it later, but I participate in uh, adult state soccer, which is part of the U.S. soccer pyramid uh, at the USASA level, which is awesome. the United States... What team is... U.S. Uh, adult... Soccer Association. So hmm. the U.S. Pyramid is, you know, U.S. Soccer, MLS, Division One, Two, Three, and then you have amateur, youth, all that stuff. And they're in fact like twelve different, you know, indoor soccer leagues. The professional beach. We have a national beach Didn't soccer know that. team, right? That's the thing, right? That's futsal. Those are all under U.S. Soccer. Not all soccer is under U.S. Soccer. It's it's quite complicated. Mm -hmm. um, but I still participate in Vermont as a board member for the state, so I can explain all what that means if you need to. Awesome. Um, but as as part of U.S. Soccer, the vote that happened this weekend, which is fairly contentious and very political, uh, happened, and I happen to be our voting member. So there's my fun fact. And like, that is you awesome. Know, the, the player, player, the U.S. players are part of that. They're mm -hmm. one of the voting blocks, like Kobe Jones and uh, Alex Morgan were on this big national call that we're all doing. So, wow. Yeah. How many people voted? There were approximately 15 well they're weighted in this weird way this this is very political weird <laughs> yeah. organizational thing uh but i want to say it, it was weighted. i want to say i think a thousand people okay uh, not too many delegates um or, or, or it's votes and and some are combined so there may have been may have been fewer actual votes but mm -hmm. um yeah it's fascinating uh u.s soccer is very complicated and political and so the what made it political is the guy who lost was the president um, during the situation in which the women were advocating for equal pay. Okay. And this letter got right. floated out in which women were described as not being as skilled and not deserving as much money. It was sort of an internal memo hmm. that got floated while he was president. And because of the backlash, he stepped down and he resigned. Okay. And the woman who took him over, whose name, of course, I'm losing because I can't. Do names Jamie, anymore. Uh, it was it was Carly. It's not Carly. It's um, she played. She's a U.S. national team player. A couple of gold medals. Couple of World Cups. Carly Lloyd. No, it's not Carly Lloyd. She's <laughs> that's a that's a. You should look her up right now. She's getting in some trouble. Um, oh, no. Oh. no, it's um, no last name is Cone now. Christy Christy Cone. No, um, just Google U.S. Uh, U.S. soccer president. Cindy Cindy Parlo. Yeah, Cindy Parlo. She was Cindy Parlo. Okay. Cindy Parlo Cone. So she. Uh, stepped into the role and then kind of sought through COVID and then her term was up and he, Carlos, the guy who she took over from, was asked to come back, which is a little controversial mm. because he kind of left under this cloud. Right. So there's some, and there's a lot of, what I've discovered, a lot of old boy hmm. misogynistic stuff that happens in U.S. soccer still. Yeah. Um, so I sit on these regional meetings for Region 1, which is mostly East Coast, and the guy's running... New Jersey State Soccer, New York State Soccer are like 60-year-old Italian dudes. Like, no Mafia. joke. Like, like <laughs> old school, no, like, full-on Italian accent. 
old old dudes like i was a guy i was the youngest guy at the meeting by 20 years man wow um you're pretty young yeah i wish so it's this weird thing to like you know soccer's got this 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 demographic problem it's got a color problem it's got an age problem um and a gender problem so it's it's all interesting to see all this come ahead so yeah that was there's my fun fact i helped pick the we made we didn't get a fun fact from felix fun fact from felix well we always ask every guest who their team is so yeah, of course. Guess reveal the, your arsenal. Team. the arsenal the arsenal you love to hear it yeah. finally <laughs> first first guest that's on my side yeah <laughs> it's a great great feeling um yeah it's a funny story i i grew up playing like played through high school men's leagues i played here i'm still on this board right but i never mm-hmm. actually followed the game professionally because it was growing up it was harder to watch. Yeah, you all get you much more access. We, there was yeah, you could there was see no some TV rights in the U.S. or anything no, like that. none of that stuff. No internet to particularly watch it. Um, so I didn't watch it growing up, and I wasn't really into it. And then as I got older, I I watched you know I watched it here and there, and obviously the U.S. team and the women. But then actually, I have JMU to thank for it. Hmm. So my wife and I, who's a political science professor here, she was the FMIR for the London program in 2012. So we lived in London, and uh, did the JMU program. Right, it was great and. You know, you can't do it now. You're all seniors, but (laughs) it's amazing. And one of my best friends came over because we invited everybody. It's like, we have to come over and visit. And he's like, I'm definitely coming over because on my bucket list is to catch an EPL match. I said, okay, great. So we came, he came over in the weekend. He's a Patriots season ticket holder. Mm -hmm. The Patriots were playing the Rams that weekend in London. So he's like, I'll make it that weekend because I can get tickets. So I looked at the schedule. And that, and again, hadn't picked. I wasn't following anybody. I wasn't really whatever. Uh, I picked the only two games in London that weekend were uh, Man U Chelsea, and I was like, we're not getting those tickets. That's just not happening. Yeah. And then it was QPR Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Much more London Derby. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. And, and then my brother happened to live in London for quite a while, and he he knew people, and you know, made a couple calls and got me tickets. Like nineteenth row. Nice. Really, wow. Really That's good tickets. Cool. But it was sort of a where's your swearing in this podcast? Um do not. We're not supposed to, but it slips. It wasn't out. a great game. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a great game. Literally people sitting the whole time. Right? Very low key. And mm-hmm. who scored the winning goal? One nothing. Mikel Arteta. Wow. <laughs> so I actually have some pictures. I have some photos from the field. Like it was great. I didn't do a tour or anything. But that was my that was like the first thing. I I I happened to pick an Arsenal match and I was like, well, I guess I'm a and that was that and and that just happened to be now the team i follow and it's you know as you as you guys have access to stuff that we didn't have like statistics and you know you can get into mm-hmm. all sports far more and more quickly Absolutely. and easier than than i ever did growing up i mean baseball sort of had to you know, yeah. in america that's a sort of a baseball thing but now the access makes it a lot easier. So it's much more, it's almost easier to be intellectual about sports, mm-hmm. right? Because you can pick right. the nerd, the nerdiest part of whatever you want to get into uh, much easier. So yeah, I, I can follow the game and I appreciate the game and, you know, only wish I knew growing up playing what I know about the game now. Yeah. So that would have been mm-hmm. a lot better, yeah. <laughs> right? Because we didn't have great coaching, <clears throat> all the stuff everyone got. So yeah, that's, oh, Jamie, you my arsenal lead. For sure. Was that was it's it terrible. at the Emirates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep, and it's you know and I have Emirates. great pictures of the Emirates, and I have you know I use it for my Zoom when I do Zoom meetings. For oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's really neat, and and you know I don't know if you listen to the Arsenal Vision podcast, 
which is not a whole lot. I've I've dabbled with it. But... It's our rivals. Yeah, it's a it's a fairly good one. And the guy who runs it is you know he's had this podcast for years. and He's a huge Arsenal fan, and he runs this very successful Arsenal. Probably we just got to his first Arsenal match last year. Is wow. he American? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and it's sense. like you know that the the idea of being into something so much that you never actually see live is kind of fascinating, right? Yeah. And then I'm, I'm I'm at the match and I'm thinking about like so many people never get to see it live. Yeah. So it was very cool, and uh, you know, hope to get back for sure. But yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's definitely on my bucket list as well. I mean, I've said that for years and years now. It's as soon as I get to Europe, even that's going to be one of my first stops. Stop I, I definitely yeah. want to go. Yep. See the Emirates and just experience well, a game. And you got to wait till they do all the all the rehab though, right? So part of I don't know if you saw. But oh, they're doing they're, some renovations. They're doing stuff, all sorts right? of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just okay. hold up, right? Get the <laughs> right. But uh, a buddy of mine here who's in political science, Tim um, Tim Lapira, is a big yeah. Arsenal fan as well, and he he gets over to Europe for various conferences and he took the tour. And that's the thing oh. I got to do is. You get into a locker room. Yeah, that you looks get cool. on the pitch. That's like you pretty, get all that stuff. Yeah. That's the thing to do. Yeah, for sure. Man. Yeah, yeah. I so definitely that's want to my do that. Story. Tottenham. I would love to do that. Go on the skywalk too. Yeah, to get up on the well, who, who are you supporting? I'm also a Spurs fan, so we're equal now. Yeah, yeah. This is we're having each other. Oh, I think we each other up. Arsenal on this side. So over in biology, South London. So over in biology, like I mentioned, I told JT we got a group of us. Um, a buddy of mine, Pat Kilkenny, who's a, who's in biology and anatomy. Uh, he's a lecturer over there. He's a huge Spurs fan. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So we, we have a group chat constantly. When that <laughs> nice. it's like, we try, like, I think we've gone past the point of just getting at each other because otherwise it would just devolve. So we just, like, try to be nice during all that. That's awesome. Yeah, 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 I feel like we should run a few like hotly contested ideas like throughout the podcast. Like, yeah, some some opinions that have come up. Yeah, sure. Kind of like like sure. start off. How do you feel about changing the World Cup to like every two years or every year? Oh, it's tough because that's Arsene Wenger's idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Even if and I've even you know even though it is his idea, I'm still not in favor of it. Yeah. Overall, I, I can't say I am. I. But. The upside, I'm trying to figure out what the upside is, Mine. and I haven't heard it, but spitballing, maybe if you, because it's such a big deal, and there's so much money that goes into it, so much gross money, and we've seen what's going on in the Middle East with all this stuff, mm-hmm. like, right. perhaps if you do it more frequently, you lower the stakes, and so then you're only having it in places that are ready, you know, you're not you're not saying, oh, it's every four years, you've got to build new stadiums, like, no, we're going to play in the US, in South America, places where you can play in quickly, and so it doesn't build so much okay but like literally and, and it like literally build and sort of uh economically and, and culturally get to be this huge thing maybe take the edge off a little bit I, other than that but that's what i like about the world cup well no exactly How, what a spectacle well, sure, sure, sure. so i don't know what the upside is i don't i don't know what the argument other than the cynical side which is it's more soccer more money yeah, yeah. that's like that's really all i could see about it and yeah. I mean, like, the one good thing that, like you said, like, building all that, like, you see those stadiums that they built for 2014 in Brazil, and they're just, like, people go into and take the seats out of them now. Yes, they're, like, yeah. they're just sitting dormant. So uh, that would be a positive aspect, just kind of, like, not building that for the sake of, you know, well, like, 12 matches. To, they're supposed to be, I thought, and, and correct me if you look this up, but I, my, I had heard that for Qatar, there was some, some sort of crazy German-engineered prefab things that were going to go up. And then when they were done, they were going to be able to be taken down. And then Qatar was donating them to different places around the world or maybe locally as charity, knowing that they have no use for 
five or six full football stadiums. So I don't know if that's true or not, but I remember hearing that and being like, oh, okay, well, maybe that's something. I mean, that'd be great because, I mean, pretty much all I've heard about the stadium construction guitar is, like, gross that human is... right violations. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I haven't. That would I'd have to do more research somewhat that, honestly, offset it, but I haven't. Yeah, I haven't looked into that. Probably. That would be cool, though. That's a cool idea I if you can I do it really somewhat feel ethically. Like I remember hearing that. Um, beauty technology. We'll just I'm looking at. Yeah, don't be afraid to just go on your phone and fact check <laughs> yourself or anybody else. We do that all the time. I have an article. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, is it? I'm still. I'm still getting. Okay. To <laughs> all right. So there's hot take number one. What else you want to know? Um, I guess we'll just come. That was just like the one that was fresh in my mind. I think they usually just come up throughout the. Unless one you got been, one. That's been brewing recently in the my friend group. It's kind of small, and I think the answer is obvious. But Hugo Lloris versus Jordan Pickford. Jeez, good question. Wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> terrible question. Sorry that I asked. No, um, you know Lloris is. Uh, I guess I would go Lloris only because he's uh, he's bound to make some goofy mistakes, but he's mm-hmm. got a ton of experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played with great players. He he's got some pedigree. Even though he's not a fantastic goalie, he has fantastic moments, but he's not a fantastic goalie. Pickford is like Pickford. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how he has the England number one still. Overrated. Yeah, me yeah. Either. And I don't know what got him there other than sort of the England hype machine around their own players. And we're, we as American 100%. audience are tend to be dialed into that. Like, you know, we, we get bombarded with the English language stuff and they, they hype their own kids, but he's, he's, you know, does he make a fantastic save every once in a while? Sure. But does he does some really do some really dumb things and make dumb mistakes a lot? And he's small and out of position. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. and it's like, there's almost like two different players, like him for England and him for yeah, Everton. Yeah, yeah, right. Everton. And maybe it's because the England, I mean, England's not known for like, they don't have the greatest center back pairing starting, especially in the Euros, but he definitely has better pairing. better than Everton right Yeah, now. exactly. <laughs> so maybe that has something to do with it, but like. Arsenal and, fans bullet dodged. <laughs> yeah. Who are you guys trying to sign from? No, no, just the, the ownership problem. <laughs> yeah, here we go. A year from its sustainable World Cup, Qatar has unveiled a stadium meant to be dismantled afterward and reassembled elsewhere. It's pretty cool. That is really cool, actually. Um, Never heard of that before. Stadium yeah. and go. Now that's uh, that came out in November of last year, so it's it's still pretty. Um, yeah, it says uh, repurposed, named for the country dialing code. It's called Enter Stadium Nine Seven Four. Okay. And for the number of repurposed ocean shipping containers used to erect it, Qatar has touted groundbreaking mega event. Um, new stadium is said to be built mainly from recycled or recyclable materials and can be, will be taken down and moved at the end of the uh, World Cup when it's no longer needed. So there you go. That's pretty cool. That'd be cool to have one stadium at each World Cup and it's the same stadium that they just picked oh, up that, and moved. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, we just use it forever. The stadium was built in 1964. <laughs> yeah. That's there. awesome. Yeah. Oh, guitar's a mess. Um, yeah, more more World Cup, I don't, I don't see, you know, thinking generously or thinking uh, charitably. I don't know what the upside is. Yeah. And I feel like the Euro and Copa America are good enough to subsidize that. Well, that's the big fight, right? That UEFA is looking at that being like, so basically FIFA is trying to hone in on UEFA money. 
Yeah. Is one of the arguments that, that absolutely the product of UEFA, the best world football is being played in Europe. Therefore, uh, people watch that, and by breaking into that, UEFA is going to start getting not pleased. And so it's it's about going after money and TV rights. Mm -hmm. But it's it, but we've already seen this huge problem with too much football being played. Yeah. And so how do you, you know, you're gonna what are you gonna give guys a choice to either play? euros or play the world cup like you can't it doesn't really work that way no I so agree. it's it's a weird it's a weird problem to invent for sure were you pro super league no okay good um though it just came back this week so that yeah no, I, I, didn't. I saw the plans are... about that yes. yeah were the english around? clubs i know yep. spurs uh, were in it english but... clubs were not yeah well they too. weren't and then i saw that they were but it's mostly not because it's and it's mostly Spanish clubs trying to dig out of financial holes. Yeah, it's Real Madrid and Barca. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, and Juventus. <laughs> I understand it from that. like the continental clubs' perspective because England, the English league, I just feel like is becoming the league where all the it, talent it, goes. It is. And they're, they're, they're kind of where all the money is, right? That's what like they're trying to get yeah. And so, they the one of the changes I think they implemented or want to implement is making it open league that you can get into that and that and that makes trying to you know ameliorate the idea of a closed shop that it's like oh no people that's better it. which i yeah i would yeah that's definitely it, an improvement but i still don't know if i'd sign off on it right i mean it's yeah it's um it's money has changed the game quite a bit for uh almost no good except the people who make it yeah <laughs> i'm just a big proponent of like especially with the expansion of the champions league coming up in a few years that's what the Champions League is designed for, right? I yeah. mean, like it, that's that gets all the best talent in the world right. in the same place, and you know, it's it's a fair system, and yeah. you know, there's still upsets that happen, and that's right. what makes the Champions League great. Right. So I, that's that's what my opinion is. Like, I just don't think there's ever a need for it, just because of the presence of the Champions League. And I'd like to see the argument of how you would argue that a Super League is somehow better than the Champions League. It, exactly. No way. Right. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I want right, to hear the yeah. rationale. Put them side by side. See what you're getting from one, getting from the other. Uh, pros and cons. And what do you what do you expect to get? Well, what you get cynically from the big club side is I don't have to travel to. I don't have to travel Burnley. to Hungary to play their number one team. Yeah. Right. I don't. I, I don't have to send the Care kids bag. over there. I'm only. You know what I mean? That that's yeah. from a selfish perspective. You can see why the top teams only want that. But from a fan perspective, or from a global football perspective, certainly um, Champions League does way more of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I, no, it's, it's, not, it's not good. And Arsenal, like, Arsenal learned their lesson the hard way there um, in thinking about making that mistake and pulling out of it very quickly. Yeah, I think all English clubs did real quick. I mean, the backlash was instant. Yep. And it was literally like, I remember us having that podcast and it was like, Sunday, yeah. they announced it. And then by Tuesday, it was yeah. already crumbling. Yeah. So we were just, our heads were spinning yeah, yeah, yeah. at that time. It was, it was like 48 hours. It was really a quick, quick process. I saw I saw today that the president of PSG got a jail sentence. Oh, really? From, what? Yeah. In what relation with FIFA corruption. No. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> yeah. Um, What's his name again? I can't remember his name. I don't remember. I saw it on Reddit. But. I could see, I can see his face right now. Describe it. <laughs> Nose, two eyes, the whole bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, who's Sheikh Mansour is the Man City guy, right? Yeah. I saw the Saudi conglomerates also talking about looking at purchasing Chelsea. Oh my god. Which would um, just be. They'd have. That's the last. The Jets owner wants to throw his hat into the ring. 
Wow, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so. Every, every American yes. is like, uh-huh, yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> By all means. Yeah, invite the Jets owner to come help your team. It's and then there's a, that Swiss conglomerate, and basically everyone's saying, no one thinks it's going to sell for $4 billion. Conor McGregor? He can't. I don't think. That, I don't you think know, he's you know what? Give it to him. <laughs> yeah. Let that sure. do it. No, oh, I would love it. He would get yeah. his first sign beat. Nasser L. Some, some, some Irish, Irish, yeah. some Irish guy. Darty. But it's it's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're um. That, there's no way they're selling for free. He's gonna get that four billion. Now, especially because yeah. everybody knows the situation he's in and how right, bad exactly. he needs to sell yeah. it. Yeah, he's not in the driver's seat for that. Yeah. But what was the? What were the bids that Daniel Eck was throwing out last year? What it was two? like two billion. Yeah. Two. And he well, got and denied. Then, yeah, he did, and then he just came up. I think people were joking that like he might be in the running for Chelsea now that it's for sale again. Gosh, I hope not. He he seemed pretty passionate about wanting Arsenal, so I would hope he wouldn't just turn one eighty like that and go right for Chelsea. Well, right, and he, but you never know. But wasn't yeah. he in? Wasn't he in a? Wasn't he in a group with Vieira? Yeah, Vieira and Bergkamp. Yeah, and so those guys, never, those guys would never. Those guys never do it. Yeah, those yeah. guys would never do it. Yeah, so that yeah, that's that's a fair point. Um. Swiss court called for a 28-month prison sentence for PSG. Also, the president of BN, like the oh, BN, really? Oh, BN. Yeah, yeah, All like right. the chant, yeah. like yeah. the streaming. So they just took over the French league rights. So yes. I wonder if that has something to do with it. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, have you paid attention to what's been going on with that? They didn't have broadcast. They they completely League One had sold their rights to this up and coming, not BN, but this new uh, sports broadcaster who totally had no money and couldn't do it and so there was this huge problem with the fact that league one did not have their income stream because they signed on with a pos outfit now it looks like bn has bought it out probably for cheaper oh my goodness yeah no it was it was like bills weren't going to be paid yeah. it, was, it was like <laughs> league super... seems kind of like a mess i feel like out of the top five eh, i don't know league un seria i feel like those ones are kind of some iffy stuff goes on yeah, for sure Serie a, i feel like it's corrupt yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you've probably the stuff that Yeah. See, this is the nice part of not being in the UK. You couldn't say that in the UK in the UK broadcasting. Can't stop us here. <laughs> <Never mind. laughs> no, I mean, if you pay, if you listen to the British podcast, they're they're very uh, open about the litigiousness of um, of defamation law, and they can't mm. like you can't say. <laughs> Oh, so and so was arrested for attacking his girlfriend. You you can only say so and so was arrested with allegation. Like you have to couch everything. You can't. Hmm. Um, in fact, Chelsea, the Chelsea uh, folks sued all sorts of people for things they've said about Putin and relationships with Abramovich. Wow. Yeah, a, you, you can't publicly say the kinds of things you can in the U.S. In the U.K., so broadcasters hmm. have to be really careful. About we that. should make the most of it. Yeah, <laughs> I say. <laughs> Speak up now. Say talk your truth. I mean, we got opinions Stop. every week, no yeah, doubt about right. it. So, um, and a lot on the referees as well. Oh God! Uh, oh yeah! Don't get me started. We defame those referees every week. Yep. <laughs> yeah. There, so, so interesting referee story. There's a one of the uh, broadcasters, one of the um, journalists I was listening to, was explaining part of the problem with the UK referee system, and it's actually identical to the one we have in the US. So, I, again, doing what I do, I pay attention. I'm in touch with the referee assigners in, in, you know, in Vermont, where I'm from, small place, not a lot of referees, and the referees have to do high school and colleges and adult and all this stuff, so it's limited resources. 
there aren't enough reps. Mm -hmm. The UK is seeing exactly the same problem. And they, and one of the journalists on the, you know, the soccer podcast I listened to explained this whole thing. And it's the same thing we see here. They don't get paid that much money. Now in relative terms, you know, or non-relative terms, they get paid way more than your average amateur soccer ref does. Right. But it's not a lot. Yeah. They have to travel. They get a lot of abuse. Right. And so people are like, well, you know, you should be getting, if they're all white, you should be going and getting refs from other places. And they're like, no, they don't exist. Top tier refs don't just sprout up. They, you have to do training. You have to do badges. You have to do schooling. You have to do a ton of other work to get there. And there, it's just a limited resource. And building the funnel, right, getting more people interested in doing it at a young age is really hard to do. And even in Little Vermont, we see literally the same problem. I've, I've, I've spoken to the head of refereeing. This is the problem they see. It's hard to get a kid who's 18, 19, 20, who's done playing and loves the game enough to be like, you know, refereeing's pretty cool too, and then goes and does it because all you do yeah. is get abuse and not a lot of money. And so yeah. encouraging people to take that on, especially if you're a minority or a woman, who want, you know, because they say you need more women in the game, you need more money. Why would you do it if all you see is all the racism and, and gender stuff we see? So the UK having bad refereeing is actually a sort of a uh, an endemic problem that they've they've had for a while, and they can't just get rid of the top guys and replace them. They, yeah, there is no replacement. There's no one else there. And I always thought that was kind of intuitive. Like, who would want to be a ref? I've like, thought about. It. I've thought. You've thought. I've thought yeah. it would be cool. You think it would be cool? I think it would be cool until, like, I start getting, like, berated by parents. And I feel like you kind of have to definitely go through, like, some sort of journey from, like, high school, yeah. yes, you know, like, reffing youth right. to high school to yeah. college to, you know, that getting to the terrible. top. I think, like, through that journey, I would get demoralized. But I could point. make it to the top. I, you could think so? okay. I could be up there <laughs> on the same field as Ronaldo. I've always been interested of, like, the journey of, like, how people get to a professional. Like, because I remember I, like, listened to the Peter Crouch podcast. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And they had Mike Dean on. Yeah, oh. And he was like and, a. And then you're like, oh, it all, it all makes sense. <laughs> yeah. He is goofy. Yeah. And he said, he's like, oh, yeah, I was a manager at a poultry farm yeah. or a poultry plant and just picked up reffing. And it was cool to kind of get in like behind behind the scenes, how they all train together and they all go yeah. on holiday together. And like they're all they're all just friends. What's interesting, interesting to learn is like doing on the, the sort of the organizational side is you as a player, refs are sort of your impediment, right? They're, they're the guys in your way or the women in your way, unless you butter them up and get to be friendly with them, which is always a good idea. <laughs> mm -hmm. But when you come out of the game and see it from, from a management side or an organizational side, you realize, like, so we literally, I'm on this board that manages and ensures all adult players who want to register with USA to give you health insurance, and we do all this stuff, right? Well, there are three parts of the game. There's us and the teams and players, and we had always kind of overlooked the refs. And, like, when you realize the integral space the refs occupy, like, you can't have good football without good referees. Yeah. It's a re like you just sort of overlook it as a player or as a team manager. But then on the other side, you're like, man, if you don't have enough referees, you can't literally play the game. And, and the way USASA works in USSF, so we insure players, right, for accidents. So if you bust your knee, you have secondary health insurance. If you don't have a certified ref on the field, it's all void. Like they mm. are literally built into the system so that you, none of what we do works mm. without certified referees. So there are certifications and you need. And they're just, it's not a, it's not a limitless resource. There are a limited number of people who can do the job. And you, like you said, you actually go up, you need to have certain level badges to do, yeah. you know, if you've only ever done high school, you can't just go and do an adult game. You can, but it's not certified and you can't claim insurance or any of that stuff. It's a real problem. And so understanding, like seeing refs differently 
Yeah. Thing, like I could do it now because you understand like how bad a game is with, with bad refereeing. Oh, yeah. Kind of like, oh, we probably need to invest in better refereeing, right? And being and caring about that aspect of the game. You need somebody who knows the game, right? right. Who likes the game isn't it, it's my appreciation of rest is totally different from when I used to play, for sure. Hmm. But they still been largely terrible in <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um well, I guess I maybe sympathize with them a little more, but um I'm still, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still gonna, I'm still not gonna like their decisions a lot of the time. So um, no, they're inconsistent. That's, just, that's the problem. And VAR hasn't helped. VAR is, no. and you would think it would, right? That's the thing. Well, so towards the resource, here's the thing I didn't know either. Because of VAR, you need another referee in the grounds. Another referee. Well, no, they're no, they're in Stockley Park, wherever the hell that is. That you need a, you need an actual certified referee doing the VAR stuff too. So the pool of actual available referees is now limited more because of VAR. On any given weekend, how about that? Right, huh. VAR requires another referee to be be manning the system. Yeah, yeah. I've always thought the what the quality drop off because I never watched the championship, but like the quality drop off in refereeing from the Premier League to the That's championship because like they do both. They so do both. Have, yeah, Dean, it's not all the same. Guy. Like they can go, you know, Mike Dean can go up, but not all those guys come back. But I, I'm pretty sure if you even in that, I feel like Mike Dean mentioned that. Like he'll go. I think he guys go back and forth. Okay, yeah, I haven't. I watched the episode a while ago, so I wouldn't remember. So that's but. what it is. You can, you know, Mike Dean could go do championship, but a guy who's not certified above championship can't go. Okay, uh, that makes sense. Because that, that's just like I'm like, there's got to be a reason that if the referees are getting so bad, you know, just like promote the ones from the championship. But what if there's a table do... of refs? Table of top refs. Top three, top top two move on. Well, there was like the who is the guy Graham Graham the the guy who did he was like an English referee. And he was at the World Cup, and he gave somebody three yellow cards. Yeah, I don't and he was like, he was like the pride oh, of England because yeah. England's yeah. team was bad that year, and he was just like, we got the best ref in the game though, and he gave a player three yellow cards, and didn't send them off. Did you see the graphic going through Twitter last weekend where all the referee they showed where all the referees are from? No, in England, oh. and they're almost all northern. <laughs> like the literally, almost everyone comes from uh, Manchester, Liverpool. Hmm. Um, what's on the other side? I always, I always mix it up. What's the other big city on the on the east coast? Newcastle. Well, yeah, they're 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 from they're from York and everywhere up that way. And like two guys are from London. Really? That's like, oh, an anti-London bias. Right? <laughs> yeah. And like all the referees are from the north. It's fascinating. Or you know, above the Midlands. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah. You get really just adding referee. to the conspiracy. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. I can see it. <laughs> all right. Well, um, you're a for people who don't know, you're my sociology of religion professor. I am. So I think it's interesting that so many times you hear, and I feel like we mentioned the 2014 World Cup, like at that World Cup, there was an ad with Shakira saying like, football, it's more than just a game. It's a religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like uh, it would be interesting to hear what you think about that comparison with your expertise in religion. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a huge question and, and people write a lot about it. And on the surface, it's not hard to make a connection. Um, when you talk in terms of functionalism, which is a way we analyze the world, functionalist theory, what do things do? What do systems and organizations and structures do? And it's pretty clear to see what soccer does for people, right? It brings them together. It, it, it overcomes family barriers. It overcomes economic barriers, age barriers, gender barriers. There's all this coming together, uh, you know, what Durkheim would call uh, solidarity, brings people together in ways that religion has often frequently done. You wear certain clothes, you go to certain places, holy places, sites, you, wear, yeah. you, you say certain things, you have chants and songs, right? 
the, the mechanics of it certainly look to Westerners, especially Western Christian monotheistic people, like it has all the trappings of what a religion is. Um, and in various degrees, right? You're hardcore, hardcore Arsenal. I'm like, you know, I like Arsenal, to, you know, as an example. Right. You're a hardcore Catholic. I go to church on Easter and Christmas, right? Mm. I'm a Catholic. You're a Catholic. But are we the same? Eh, not quite. Yeah. But I'll, you know what I mean? Soccer does much the same thing. During the pandemic, if you listen to um, Rog Bennett's Men and Blazers, mm-hmm. good podcast, right? He his he is a writer. He's very effusive. He's very linguistically gifted to describe things. And his talking about what soccer means to people and not having soccer around has been really. It's a really I, some of his things I actually mean, mean to bring into class because he articulates this coming togetherness that is so uh, valuable to people like him that means so much to people like him that really brought it home the idea that that soccer can do this thing for people that it that it's it's really about solidarity it's about hugging that stranger about high-fiving mm-hmm. somebody who looks different from you that religion in theory in most cases is supposed to do as well mm-hmm. uh in durkheim you know said a long time ago god the god part of religion might go away but people really need this coalescence. People need to come together. People need structure. People need meaning. And soccer or environmentalism or a number of other things could take the place. But when you see what soccer does for people, Shakira saying it's a religion. And it is in some places, right? People take, you know, we talk about orthodoxy, right? Belief and orthopraxy, right? Practice in religious studies and religion. Like there's a way to do things and there's a way to think about things. Soccer, you have both. Right again. Well, you're 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 you know. There's an orthodoxy to how to think about Arsenal. There's an orthopraxy. You know, the, the division between uh, day trippers, like they call them in London, people like you and me who just show up for a match, and season ticket holders. Like you're not a proper right. Arsenal. You're not proper yeah. Arsenal. You're not proper Tottenham. Right. Yeah. That that's a thing that exists. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You know, the same way that your grandmother looks at you and be like, "How come we don't go to church anymore?" Grandma, I was there on Christmas. Yeah, but I go every day, right? The, yeah, the, that yeah. idea, those things are, are not particularly different. No. And mm-hmm. and religion, what's maybe a little different is mm-hmm. that soccer is in a way more universal. It almost does the thing that some religions mm-hmm. can't do, right? That um, there are differences, you know, Catholic, Protestant. There, there's, there are differences across the Christian spectrum, let alone saying Christian and Jewish or Christian and Hindu or Hindu and Muslim, right? The difference between football around the world, it doesn't vary that much. Yeah. Right? It is more universal that if you took a kid from the streets of Mumbai and a kid from East London and put them on the street and say, go play, they know how to play together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not a translation problem. So it almost, <clears throat> it almost supersedes the ability of religion in some ways to cross barriers. But it's also the thing that got people beaten to death in stands, right? It, yeah, it, 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 last long week. ago. Yeah. Right? It's true. Well, God, Mexico, right? Yeah, week, yeah, right? yeah. Um, but in the early 80s in hooliganism, right? And people in London and England across Europe are literally banned from traveling because of hooliganism, right? They're on a list, right? Oh, passport? Sorry, you're not going to Poland for that world, that, that uh, Champions League game. Sorry, buddy. Right? That happens, right? And that's, again, not particularly different from religion, but... There's a lot of ways to approach it, but immediately and the easiest way to think about it is the functionalism of what it does, and it really is about bringing people together and, and pundits who are 
both trying to sell something but also earnest about it, like Roger Bennett, are very clear about that power it has to bring people together, to give your life meaning. And he talks about his dad, he talks about his dad a lot, about growing up in Liverpool as an Everton fan, what it meant to go to the grounds of your dad, right? And what it meant to be an Everton fan and be, be in a town with this other rival. And I mean, that that's almost Protestant Catholic stuff, yeah. right? being in Belfast or something like having that division. But what it means to your personal identity is a bit, is, is a big part of it for a lot of people. And again, in, in the U.S., it's a little different. We don't have as many people like that. I mean, you might be for the Cowboys like that, God forbid. Right. Um, I agree. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we, we have a little bit of that, but it, it, it varies. Like, I don't know if you're all from the area, but like baseball in the Valley and in Charlottesville is really cultural because there's a deep appreciation for baseball. There's a big baseball culture here. Okay. Right? I did not know that. No, I didn't, I didn't either. Um, but like, I grew up in. So, I, for instance, I grew up in Vermont. We don't have college football. We do, but we don't have a D1 team. So yeah. I didn't grow up with college football as being a thing. It was not part of my worldview. Mm -hmm. I, get, I get my master's degree in Boulder, Colorado, right? And I live near the stadium. And it's a Friday afternoon, and I'm driving by, and there's a parking lot full of RVs. And I have no idea why. <laughs> Absolutely zero understanding of what's going on. Like, what? What? what why? And like two days later, I'm like, oh, it's the Oklahoma fans for the weekend to watch college football yeah. from Oklahoma. <laughs> I have no idea what that's about. Zero. Yeah. Right. So it's um, in that way, we have different regional stuff in the U.S., right? And like I grew up playing hockey. So like hockey is a big deal, but it's not down here. Yeah. Whereas in football, right, football in England, there's nobody who doesn't understand football in England. It doesn't matter where you go. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. That that's that's a function of size, you know, as much as anything. But at the same time, it is more universal in a lot of ways. So it so you know you can think about in terms of functional analysis, the good it does or can do or potential is vast, and we see it. We see the Arsenal Foundation, and, and you know, Tottenham does the same sort of stuff where these clubs are giving back and giving back and building community and actually providing really good important things. Um, but on the corruption side, on the Doha side, on the on the Qatar side, a lot like religion there too. We yeah, we see how it can be certainly tied to really ugly things, right? But again, like I said today in class, the guy who flies a private jet but closes his mega church during a hurricane, right? Is that how different from Gianni Infantino is that guy, right? Well, how many slave laborers do we need to build a stadium in the middle of the desert? And that's right. like. I mean that's right out of the Bible, right? <laughs> that's like that's literally a biblical yeah. story. Um, so yeah, the, the the connections are the connections are really interesting. Um, you know, money not being the least of them. But I like to be optimistic and think that there's there's a lot of good that something like football can do and bring about. Uh, but again, we are bombarded with all the awfulness at the same time of how bad it can be and all the you know again the abuse stuff that's been happening in the US, on the U.S. side alone. And the English side, right? There, there's stories, all sorts of stories of kids coming through academies getting abused. Yeah. The money, corruption, um, and it's being commodified and, and moneyed here in the U.S. Youth soccer has so much money and big corporations behind it now that's changing the scene. Um, it is raced. It is classed. It is gendered. You know, we are leaving out great swaths of people in the U.S. because it's too expensive, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you have to drive two hours to practice, guess who's not playing? Any kid who doesn't have enough money. 
And, and, right, and in America, that usually has a race component to it. So it's there's all sorts of negative stuff, but in terms of bringing people together, in terms of giving people routine, giving people ritual, right? Yeah. So I have this great video. You, I'll, I'll send it to you, but it's a kid at a Celtic match. He's like 10 years old, and he's in the stands, and they're quiet until he goes... Celtic, right? And it's this ten-year-old kid, and he gets a thousand people chanting after him immediately, and they know exactly what to do. Oh yeah, it's a, it's actually great for my my sociology class. And like that is ritual, right? That kid grows up knowing what to do. All those people grow up knowing what to do, and, and you're like, that's it, that's it, that's it. Yeah. Hopefully, with not so much of the negative, right? Um, and it's it's rejuvenating. You know, you can do you lose faith in football? Do you lose faith in following your team? You might. Um, Chelsea fans are going to find out the hard way. <laughs> um, so, you know, there are some of those parallels, but you, but you're not, you do believe in things that you can't prove like luck or referee bias, or, you know, there, yeah. there are some unprovable things out yeah. there, but at the end of the day, it's in front of you. You see it. They're real people. You know, you get to know real stories about real kids who came up the hard way. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of parallel with like American football and basketball stuff with that. You know, mm -hmm. you know, the 10 best players in the world came out of the slums of Paris. Right, um, or and or Southeast London, right? Immigrant folks, right? Yeah. There's a lot of uplift there. So yeah, there's a there's a lot of cool parallel, and a lot of people do write about it. Religion is sport is religion. I was going to actually do a Jay Turns class on that last year, decided <laughs> not to. Um, it gets done, and then you just got to be careful to say, yeah, calling it a religion is um, gets religion nerds catchy because they're like, that's not really a religion, I'll, you know. Yeah. Um, but in terms of you know thousand foot view or ten thousand foot view on what it does for people, yeah, it it fills a lot of those same holes, right? And I even me who grew up Catholic going to church and definitely don't anymore. You know, if there's a Sunday nine a.m. game on it and I can't watch it, I'm, I'm like, ah, come on, TV's right there, you know. But I gotta <laughs> take my kids off or do something, whatever. Yeah. I, I I feel like that's where I kind of want to be. Yeah. Right. Um. But now, you know, we can record it. <laughs> you can watch it later or watch the game of the day, match of the day stuff. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of really cool parallels. Um, but I definitely encourage you to listen to, um, and i got to find some of the episodes, Raj Bennett's take on during the pandemic, especially when things were so hard and people were so bummed and it was so bleak. Those yeah. first few matches that he got to go back to and hear him talk about what it meant to him is really powerful stuff. It's really cool. I believe it. Yeah, that was it was so apparent just like how much it because you know like you when you when the season ends and you know it's coming back in like three or so months yeah. and it's going to start all over again but like with that period when you're just like i'm not really sure when it's going to come back and yeah. i just remember like reading on twitter people like i'm never going to take another like burnley brighton 9 a.m <laughs> yeah. for, for granted again like i'm yeah. watching everything now because it really just like i mean especially if you're there in person but it really can just like take two hours of your day and you can just forget about everything yeah. and yep. just it's just such a beautiful beautiful vehicle for that and I, and that's one of the, the the reactions frequently people talk about right is that i get to i get to go la, 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 to the rest of the day exactly and, and just invest in something and it's almost like you know if you had to put a pro and a con your soul isn't at stake, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. So there's that sort of like, I get to forget Except everything and enjoy this, <laughs> and and it's not about whether or not I live or die eternally, so that's kind of cool, right? That's yeah. Like, it's, it's as powerful in some ways, but not as... Uh, Low stakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stakes <laughs> yeah. are lowered in a, in, a, in a different way. So it's, it is, um, 
that's a thing that Raj and, and you know, uh, people listen to the Arscast, uh, Andrew Mangan talks a lot about, is just that, that removal of other things that you get to enjoy, that in the middle of a pandemic, right, when people are dying and people are losing their jobs, that's a, that's a thing. Whereas in a, in a religious setting, you might be asked to actually focus on that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. there may be, there may be some, there may be an interesting comparison there to write a good paper, or put into a podcast <laughs> yeah, where you have to think about those sort of things. Um, right. Where, where religion is like, no, this is, you know, you have big questions to answer and big, and football's more like, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Better no, than religious. It's an insult to call it. Early. I'm worried about getting three points in the next six games. I don't know. Yeah. That's pretty stressful though. <laughs> For sure. Feels like my life's on the line sometimes watching Tottenham. Right? <laughs> the way uh, that club yeah, I can goes. understand that. <laughs> I can understand that. Oh, Tottenham. What hey, you can get your fi- beer filled by the bottom, though. That's cool. That is really cool. I, <laughs> I still know that. how that works. I need to see that in some American stadiums here. I, I, I think can't it be done. Up. European engineer. It's a magnet thing. and It's always a yeah, magnet thing. It's always a magnet thing. Yeah, it is. The cu- yeah, the cup bottom. Is two pieces, yeah, and it comes up and then is magnetized back down. I guess. To so to now, off. are those like reusable, or do they just kind of ditch them like plastic cups? That I didn't. I yeah, I don't know. I, would love to. I feel like it'd be really pricey Plus if they weren't some, yeah I'll reusable. Sure. But then again, people Stay just wander off. Just kind of like yeah. come up and like say, "Oh, can I get a refill?" In this? I don't know. I mean, I feel like that doesn't really. You don't see that. that yeah, often. I don't know. I've never been to a game. So what if you took a know. magnet to the cup? Like, could you go around emptying, emptying people's we can get into the results of the yeah i was gonna bit. say that was right. usually we start with the results but that was a great little tangent there you know just having a great discussion and just kind of free-flowing so um usually what we do is we just go back to the previous Wednesday and just kind of work our way through. Yeah, I had a plan. Um, I actually looked at the results. So we'll start here with FA Cup. We did talk last week about Tottenham's demise. Yeah, we did. Against Middlesbrough. Oh, yeah. I um, watched a lot of that, actually. Well, you guys know how it feels, so. <laughs> wow. Uh, I see what you've done there. Yeah, hey, I mean, to it. we lost Nottingham Forest, who, by the way, Nottingham Forest moves on. They're in the <laughs> quarterfinal now. Oh, are they? And they will get to face Liverpool at home. Oh, gosh. So, um, might be the end of the road for them. Yeah, what are they? Where they're playing them at Forest? At Forest, yeah. So I wonder if they, you know, one of the things I don't know if all the clubs do that, but I know Arsenal has always been really good at when the small teams play them at home during the cups. They give them almost all the gate receipts. Yeah, you know that Spurs do hmm. that too. Yeah, do they? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a just you know big fish, little fish sort of thing. They're like, you know, you made it to the fourth round of the FA Cup. You know, we had ten thousand people show up, have it all. Wow. Our money, yeah. what are we going to see in your life? Yeah, and we yeah. get this every week. Yep. Yeah, so just have it. Yeah, it's a cool thing. That's pretty cool. The um, the draw for the next, or well, we can the FA other FA Cup fixtures. Southampton so, moved on. Southampton, yeah, they they beat um West Ham three one. Some wow, quality some quality goals. Did West Ham play a full team or were they missing people? Um, I they were missing a few people. Uh, you know, they played a pretty a good team, team actually. Owen Antonio. Um, oh, so they definitely Zuma, Rice Suchek. They should not have lost. Well, Southampton is in really good form at the moment. So, well, kind of iffy, though, because we can talk about them later this week. They got hammered. Yeah, at the the weekend they did. Um, Liverpool moves on. I saw a crazy stat about Minamino in the FA Cup that he has, like, eight goals in the FA Cup, and he's their leading scorer for them in the FA Cup since his 
his signing. And yeah, he has no because goals. Because he only plays and, in the FA Cup, right? right. I mean, yeah. he doesn't get much. Yeah, it doesn't even make a Yeah, but he's, he's a great cup, cup player, even in Carabao Cup. Feels like he's always scoring, like every game. Who are you talking about? Minamino. Yeah. Wasn't Willick or someone like the leading? No, who's the. Wasn't the Arsenal guy like the leading scorer for the. the Carabao's and Ketia. Yeah. Ketia. Yeah. He also, well, he had a hat trick against Sunderland, so that happened. <laughs> um, That'll do it. But, yeah, so. And then Chelsea barely scraping by against Luton Town. That's right. Um, that was. They didn't close full side out, though, though, did they? Uh, they, they had two, even their backups. They had some youngsters in there. Some, I mean, Lukaku, Werner, oh, Mount. God. Yeah, some Lukaku, Werner, Mount, their front line. Which I, mean, I guess is the backup line. They, other they, than Mount. They have wasted a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Those guys. On Lukaku specifically, they have wasted enormous amounts. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about him as flop of the season so far. Uh, yeah, and I don't put it all on him, but yeah, I mean, given what he had done and given what he should have done. And what he I said. think he's been. I think he's been misused. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think the system fits him all that well at Chelsea. No, I don't think so at all. Uh, and it's too bad because I. If you read, have you ever read interviews with that guy? Mm-mm. Seems awesome. He's got a fascinating story. He came with the hard way in Belgium, right? Like he's yeah. a, you know, and and a lot of naysayers and a lot of racism and a lot of stuff. And he's just like, I'm gonna eat you alive. And that's what his whole <laughs> yeah. career's been. He's done it. He's yeah. done great. Uh, I I didn't want him to see him do well at Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, um, but I kind of wanted to see him do well because he kind of got, you know, the Man U thing was a disaster. Did very well at Inter. I mean, yes, he, he did. Brilliant there. Really I mean, I feel like um, when he was like on, I mean, unless you're a Liverpool fan, I feel like his Everton days, everybody was a fan of him. He was really it was yeah, great yeah. to watch him yeah. tear up the yeah. league. A monster. But, I mean, he got a goal in that. Uh, he got the winning goal yes, against did. Luton. Yeah, him and Werner. Congrats. Werner had a great game actually, but um. You know, he's playing championship side, so I'd hope he can. I'm glad him and Chelsea not, can he's scrape been a bit of a flop, and I'm totally fine with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> funny guy though, I will say. I've funny. seen a couple of interviews with him. And oh he's, yeah, he's, he's really he's, he's, he's pretty good. He's funny. Yeah. Well, I'm just happy when the super rich team buys the really good players and they don't do well. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't always happen. So. <laughs> Borum Wood got knocked out by Everton too on Thursday, yeah. uh, Wednesday. That was a shame. I really wanted to see them kick on. Non non league side, I always love. Well, they're 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 Arsenal's training. That's where the youth team plays. Really, it's Bournemouth. I did not or know. The women, that. Or the women play there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. so that's why that's why like the women were the women had recorded a bunch of stuff for them, and Jack Wilshire recorded something for them. Yeah, Bournemouth is where huh. uh, either the women play or the youth team plays. I did that's not know that. Yeah. Well, I'll never forget that now. Um, <laughs> if I can actually discover it, Bournemouth FC, Bournemouth. Rondon. Also, doesn't Arsenal like share a training ground with Watford? Um, or is it like really they're really close to each other, right? Something like that. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, there's something. There's some relationship there, and it might be. Uh, Ormwood. All right, now I got to read this. Um. Do do do. Um. This is good. This is good content, boys. <laughs> all right. Got some um, dead, dead time. What a hang. Uh, all right. Bournemouth is home of Bournemouth FC and the Arsenal women. Yeah. Oh, and sure. Watford oh. FC reserves. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All three yeah. tied well, together. All, all play at Meadow Park. So there you go. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. Do the Spurs women well, play at that's a nice the stadium? Track. I feel like they play. Sometimes they play at the stadium. I feel like they sometimes just play at. The the you know, almost all women's teams do not this year. There was an uh, because they actually got a big NBC deal this year. Mm-hmm. The women did. Um, there was each 
I don't know if all of them, but like Arsenal and I think Tottenham are playing X number of games at their stadium. Yeah, I definitely uh, see some highlights sometimes from them, and but they usually play at Hive London. Yeah, the Hive, which okay. is just a separate did, stadium. Who did I guess. Arsenal sign? Uh, American was it? Toby, Toby Heath? Heath? Yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. Oh, really? So, yeah, thought, yeah. We had Alex Morgan for like. Yeah, three, for like hot 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if she played, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. She played a little bit. Um, yeah, because the seasons don't overlap, so they... Yeah, they usually just go on loan or... Yeah. That's interesting. And Tobin had played for Man U for a little while. First. Yeah, I remember that, too. Arsenal are great. They're a lot of fun to watch. Me demos. First women are getting baller. better. Oh, she's she, so good. Yeah. She's amazing. They're a lot of One of the best in the world, probably, yes. right now. Um... All right, what else results? We're We're for the weekend the here. We got Leicester leads on Saturday. But Leicester played that Tuesday, though. They played yeah, ahead of that. Or Wednesday. They had a 1-0 before yeah, they, the weekend or 2-0 before the yeah, weekend. Yeah, they beat, they beat Burnley 2-0 last yeah. Tuesday. Um, yeah. That yeah, was Vardy's return. Yeah, they're coming back a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. And morning. I think Vardy's helping that, so... Well, they've been missing um, a bunch of people. A bunch. Harvey Barnes, I think, yeah. returned recently. Yeah, he scored Madison was out for a bit um, against Leeds. And so oh, that was a good goal for them, which is yeah. an almost Arsenal pickup. And Vestergaard as well. He looked really yeah. good yeah. Vestergaard was not good. I think they've really been missing Fofana, which is... Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That was really unfortunate. Yeah, he, that was a bad one. leg or knee? Yeah, I think it was his leg. That was in, like, the, the community shield, too. That was, like, before the... Yeah. It's, like, kind of a useless game, and... But after Jose Mourinho, that's a cup, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that was his third. That was his triple that year. <laughs> yeah, I remember um, that. And that's um, that was Jesse Marsh's first game in charge of Leeds. Oh, was it? The American manager. Yeah. And he only lost um, by one, which was. I think they won on XG too, so it okay. was a good performance from Leeds. But yeah, they did. They won by a lot on XG. One point nine seven to 0. .34. Okay. So See, I have problems with Leeds. stats like this. Huh? Like, if, if the XG is so far from the actual, it makes me question how good of a stat it is. But I understand it. Well, point. it just shows that maybe leads right. were yeah. not clinical, right? Like, they should. Yeah. They I think it's just a little bit of an improvement on, like, shots on target. Yeah. Yeah, the stats are getting really wild with what they can do. I see. Um, I feel like, especially if you compare it to, like, because I also follow the NBA. Yeah, yeah. And you see the stats in the NBA, like, the per efficiency and like all these yeah. crazy it's like you need you, like a stats, master's in statistics to explain it man. it's just like yeah I don't, I don't know how effective those are if it's like i feel like maybe sometimes maybe the layman stats like points rebounds assist might just be the way to go there was a article that came out uh, i want to know i don't know if it was a new york times or it was a big publication that had this great basketball stat and it was about uh now again i can't think of a name if i want to think about it there was a stat about one player, and I've had to look it up multiple times to, to compare it to soccer because I because nobody seems to have a same stat. It's a stat that basically showed every time this guy was on the court, everyone else's stats went up. It's a Shane Battier stat. Go look up huh. Shane Battier and stats. Now, Shane Battier was a good college player, but didn't dominate in the NBA, but he played for a while. He was a decent player, definitely. He was decent, but he was not, he wasn't standout. But he was a great, he was a great dude who player. made everybody better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what I always thought was it was like the anti-Alexis Sanchez stat. <laughs> Sanchez was a black hole, right? He could do amazing things, but he demanded the ball. Yeah. He turned it over a lot. My guess was that when Sanchez was on the field, other people didn't look as good. Yeah. <laughs> I, but it was a shame. And, and it's an interesting stat to be like, okay, if you sub this guy or if he starts, how do other people's stats? Now, 
stats are bizarre because there's so many variables, but that yeah. was always an interest to me. That is interesting. Like, does does a single player help improve other players being on the pitch? And you and you see those kind of players, right? You see the kind of players that when everybody like Odegaard right now, I was just gonna say everyone's I, I getting think, better because he's distributing better. I think he's a prime example of what you right. that right now. But but he, only different in that he stands out, like you can see it. Yeah, it's those guys where you're like, I wonder if you know what happens if you pull him out. So it's. I'll try to find the article and send it. And That'd be interesting, can, yeah. Share it. But it's this funny write-up somebody did like 10, 15 years ago that when Shane Battier plays, everyone gets better, but you never know it was because Shane Battier was on the court. <laughs> yeah. They didn't suddenly <laughs> score 50, or they, you know, he didn't you know, he didn't have a triple-double, but like everyone went up X percentage in rebounds or shots or whatever. Interesting, yeah. yeah. I feel like we, we kind of saw that yesterday with Benton Kerr back in the side. Yeah. You know, like... He did stayed extremely quiet. Like just watching the game, you wouldn't think that no he goals, was no assists. But he just was like in the right spaces at all the right times. You know, like yeah. he'd have a pass, like maybe four or five before the assist. But that yeah. pass was so important in getting to the right. Yeah, yeah. there there is those players that just kind of like glue the team and just bring everybody else up around them. Yeah, off the ball, able to... off the ball stuff. But yeah, huge I can't believe Juve let two of their midfielders go. Yeah. <laughs> like and, and, and suddenly Juve is not having a good that. season. I mean. They're very good. Yeah. They're doing really well so far. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's been a good pickup by, by Tottenham. Especially after it feels like some, some really bad pickups. Yeah. Over the past couple of years. Still have Eric Dyer, so there's that. Hey, he's <laughs> doing better. He's doing all right. He's doing better. I think Eric Dyer should probably make should it into start England. start for England. I think so. He should start oh, for England. Oh, come on. Over... He should start, start for England. Start the bed. <laughs> Who should start over him? Maguire. Okay, okay. I can I can maybe hear that already. I think Stones, probably pretty solid. I think Stones Dyer, I think They run a back bro, three. I don't they, know. I mean They do run a back three. Eric Dyer's gotta be. You want I mean Eric Dyer already plays a back three. I know you're about to say back three. What? John okay. I thought they run a back four. I could be crazy. I thought but... they did sometimes with Walker as a center back. Oh yeah, they could, I guess. Now, how are you going to run back? Well, you back five, free, I guess. Yeah, it's a yeah. Back, yeah well, also back, back five. Back yeah. five. Yeah, and then you play backs. Like, Luke Shaw on the left wing back. And oh, then... God, I hate that guy. <laughs> Arnold, one of the many right backs. Trent, James, right. James, yeah. The list goes on. Exactly. I think if they're going to play back five, Dyer deserves a spot in there with his current form. <laughs> I... Yeah, I think England would regret that. That's when he, when he had to go poop during the middle of a game and just ran off the field. That was hilarious. Trish and I were watching that game together. I was like, where'd he go? <laughs> they showed him in the tunnel running down. They showed Mourinho going down the tunnel after him. And then we won. That was that was funny. I think he got into the match that game. He did. He also went to the stands after a game. He's a wild card. You never know. He speaks Portuguese. Really? Yeah, he's fluent in Portuguese. Yeah, he like... What? Yeah, he was like sporting lisbon youngster like he came up through i don't know if he was in their academy but yeah, yeah wow. he's fluent in portuguese that's like when we had the amazon documentary and never he, he was talking with jose it was always in portuguese oh god hmm. we got that coming out too oh you guys have an all or nothing hey, it's I mean, not a bad year for, for you guys. yeah yeah no. it's probably well the obama yang things would be the most interesting for sure yeah, yeah. you do see you do kind of learn you do pick up on a lot we're gonna see what happened there there's still I things I think about, even like little scenes, like just little interactions. Like the one yeah. that I always think about is where they talk about Sissoko. And they're just like, Sissoko has like all the weight in the locker room. Yeah. Like what, what Sissoko thinks about people is like what the team consensus is, which I just was like, that blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. You but, never really know. Who's yeah. You don't know like what goes on in the locker room. Yeah. But, Sissoko, I feel like. 
scored against you guys this weekend. I know he did. Yeah. Like, with some actual decent play. <laughs> I can't believe that was, that was it. a decent goal, yeah. He's, like, this season has, like, almost matched LaCelso's goal contributions in, like, PL history. <laughs> like, LaCelso's still miles better. Did he player. go? Where did he go? Sevilla, Valencia, 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 Villarreal. Villarreal. We, Villarreal. we like loaned. Is it an option to buy? Yeah, I think maybe option. It's, maybe it's Valencia. One of those mid. Who did? Spanish who teams. was Man United playing this weekend? No, in the Champions. No, they were playing at Letico. Letico, yeah. I saw him playing in the Champions League. Yeah, I think he might. Oh no, oh, no Villarreal. Then yeah, yeah Villarreal. Villarreal. They're in the Champions League right now. He's playing yeah, with Juan's fourth. Villarreal. Um. Yeah. Foyth's on loan from City? No, we, we sold Foyth um, to Villarreal. I thought, why do I think Foyth was at City at some point? I don't think he was. Oh, okay. I think we got him. Yeah. I don't know where we got him from. And then they also have Etienne Capu. They got a whole bunch of our rejects. <laughs> Capu was a long, a long time ago, but. Watford legend. Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah, really. Yeah. He was good on Watford. I feel like Troy Deeney is like the only Watford legend. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, true. And Elton John. They probably <laughs> That's fair. I'll just I'll forget Watford's in London. Yeah, they're kind of irrelevant. Forgetting. Irrelevant London. Forgetful. Rather forgettable. PBR. Yeah. I'll just keep plugging yeah. away here. Villa. So Villa beat up Southampton. I predicted that. I predicted that. We have a we have a friend from Southampton who comes on the podcast oh, right. a lot yeah. and. uh he was. I was talking to him on Friday night. He was like, "As long as Danny Ings doesn't score, so." <laughs> and he did. Eat and that, he also Jim. had two assists. He was Eat the man that. of the match. Um, Jim's Jim's Jim had a sly comment when we got there. He's he, getting a little big for his brain. <laughs> yeah, he, he got he got to my house on Friday night. He goes, "Oh, so who'd you guys draw in the next round of the FA Cup?" What did he say? What did he say when we were talking on Friday night? He said something outrageous. I can't remember. He was like. There's something about Broja, I think. Broja being better than another player. Broja's better than X. It's not even your player. No, like, <laughs> he said, like, Broja's better than Kane right now. Like, I swear he said that. He like, might have said that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It was outlandish, though. It was... He probably didn't mean it. They got put in their place, though, by Aston Villa. Good. Um, They're still Southampton. Another another 4-0 is Chelsea over Burnley. Took them till the second half, but they exploded into life. Kai Havertz, two goals. Pulisic, man of the match, with a goal and assist. Oh, that's that right. One. That's right. Like, well. uh, Reese James, also goal and assist. So, you know, Chelsea, obviously, well on their way to top four. But do Burnley have what it takes here to stay up? Um, you know, they're always in this relegation scrap. And there's going to be it. another team that I that I talk about in a little bit that is also in a relegation fight. It's um, tough. What's their fixture list like? It's not awful. It's not awful, but it's not great. They have two big six clubs left. So Us we're gonna play and City, City, West Ham away. We have to play them again at home. Oh. But yeah, that's the second last that's game. That's a of late season. in the season game too. That's gonna be a big one. You never want Burnley late in the season. Um, They're gonna be fighting for relegation. We're gonna be fighting for top four, hopefully. You know, I think they, they can do it. I think they can. I mean, it's what they're made for. <laughs> exactly, and signing a big horse, like you know, just the pieces. I, I watched dude, him play. Dude, big man's got skill. He's yeah, good. He's, he's good really good. I was a great touch. He's got. He can find. He can pick a pass out too. For they, they certainly upgraded Chris, like on Chris Wood. Selling him and and getting big horse was a great Wood move. Go? I think Newcastle. Newcastle. That's right. That's right. He was one of their big for thirty mil. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that, but 
Neither can he. Or <laughs> Burnley, too, couldn't believe it when that dude got submitted. Yeah. And speaking of Newcastle, they keep winning. 2 yeah. 1 over Brighton. Yeah, that's a love hate thing, right? You like, it's Newcastle, so you want to see him do well, but now it's Newcastle, and you're like, no, yeah. I don't. I want I them to be relegated. I would have loved so, if they got relegated, but think, that looks like it's not. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. It's just Doesn't too bad. Like... I mean, that's, a, that's an OG club that, like, you just sort of want to have around, but it, it sends the wrong message. I would have yeah. liked to see them have success, like, maybe under Ashley, even though he doesn't yeah. seem like a great. Fellow, according to Newcastle fans, but no, he's supposed to be a scumbag. Yeah, um, but I like Benitez there, and I like the fact yeah. that Benitez kept with him when they got relegated. I thought that was really he went down to the championship with them and then came yeah. back up. I, yeah. I had a lot of respect. For That's classic. Even effort. though people say like tactics wise, he sort of passed it a little bit, and he's you know he's missing some stuff. The fact that a guy that big, you know, who's won everything with the biggest clubs, yeah, stayed with him in the championship. I thought I had a lot of respect for that. That's cool. definitely. And I because that's a I want Pep Guardiola to take a second division side and see what he can do. Exactly. Yeah. You're so good. See what you do without a trillion dollars and buying yeah, every best player. Really yeah. I agree. Yeah. That's I why agree. I like Benitez being like, no, I'll take him back. You know, and he stayed with him, and yeah, I, thought, right, I had a lot of respect for that. So I, it, it would be nice to. That's why I said I have a little soft spot for him, but. Um, I think I think Pep would do well if he like gave him kind of a lower team, but I. I think he would be very, very frustrated. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I don't think. I think he would. I think he probably has quite an ego right now, and he would probably be humbled if he had to like take over Norwich. Well, yeah. I mean, if you can, if you can look at eleven guys and be like you do this, 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 and this, and you do this, and they can do it. <laughs> yeah. They're good enough to do Easy literally whatever you say. Yeah. It's different from being like, um, your shoes are untied. <laughs> There's a bit of a difference between uh, what you'd be dealing with. Definitely. But then again, some of those margins, man, especially in the championship, it's so funny to hear punish be like, well, he's not a very good player. Like, that dude is better than every person in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right now. Well, that's not, obviously not true, but like the level of how good the, the worst player on a championship level team is or, you know, relative to any soccer we've ever played is just like, whoop. I know. I've always been fascinated by that, actually. It's just thinking about, oh, even the guys in like League Two. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Are just. They would stand. just look, they would stand out on any, pretty much any MLS pitch here even. I'd oh, 100%. Say. Like, they would just be miles better. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's just so fascinating. If we, like, went up over to U Park one day and we're, like, kicking around and, like, a game broke out and, like, some Boreham Wood midfielder was there, I'd, like, probably think he was messy. I was, yeah, like, yeah. this yeah, we're in, like, one of those videos where, like, Ronaldo put on old man makeup and yeah. was, like, <laughs> dancing around. Yeah, yeah. I'd be so dazzled. Yeah, it's it's tough. And then, you know, and then to understand that a good team just has the guys who can do something nine times out of ten, not six times out of ten. Yeah. Right? It's the same move or it's the same pass, and every one of you can do it, but you're going to do it eight times out of ten or nine times, and you're going to do it six, and you're going to do it five, and the difference mm-hmm. between you and you is $3 million a year yeah. in salary or whatever. Yeah. You know, that's it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, else we got? also saw a stat just real quick on Joe Ellington. Since oh. he's been a midfielder, he's got the most tackles in the league. Wow. Yeah, they've totally changed his. He's a new him. player. It's yeah. it's fascinating. And everyone to see mispronounces that. his name. It's Joe Linton, right? Or That's, is it... No, it's Joe Ellington. Oh, it is Joe Ellington. Okay. But all the all the all the guys in England say it's Joe Joe Linton. Joe, Joe Linton. Linton. Joe I've always said of... Joe Ellington. Okay, so I'm <laughs> saying it. No, I heard a Brazilian like they had a Brazilian guy on one of the podcasts I listened to. He's like everyone gets it right. It's Joe Ellington. It's one word. <laughs> okay, all right, it's, all right, not, good. Yeah. So I need to stick with stick with my gut. Did you see the video going around in the Euro of the the Portuguese guy pronouncing like the Portugal squad he wanted. 
Oh no, that'd be awesome though. Oh, it was it was very it got it got spoofed a lot. Yeah. People doing it with like the England squad. It was really funny though because he like really drew every single portuguese syllable out of those names it's funny yeah what he was like an american guy that lived in yeah he was a he wasn't even portuguese he wasn't in portuguese he was just like, like he was speaking american then he'd be like not <laughs> it's just well have you seen is this a guy who does the u.s matches that we have any uh, you must be latino but he goes extra hard on every latino name that he can especially <laughs> when we're playing latino teams but it's like his accent is pretty neutral, but then he hits it, and it's like, okay, okay, like, I get it, you speak Spanish, all right, yeah. cool, cool, but it's like, it is the most overly pronounced Spanish name you've ever heard, it's hilarious. Rolls the R's extra oh, yeah, yeah. hard. <laughs> see what, um, Brentford? Brentford, Tony, a, Tony Hatrick. Battle. Oh yeah, Arsenal have a run on him too. Uh, I would love him. Him and How old Watkins. He, he is, I think he's a little older, I think he's like 26, too old. 25. You think too old? 25. Been a, been a, 25. Yeah, I mean, I Ooh. definitely want a younger guy. 25 is young. No, that, that's not too yeah, old, but it's... Uh, I mean, yeah, Arsenal looked at him. He's uh, about to hit his prime. I feel like the tax on him would be huge this summer, though, because of the season he's had. Yeah. Um, How so, close are they to being relegated? They're, they're not they're safe. Looking, they're not safe, but they're 15th. They're five points, six, six points, points clear of the zone right now. But, but So that was a big win for them. They but the relegation teams have games in hand. Yeah. Uh, I think not win, I think I think Brentford has what it takes, especially when Tony's playing. I think there's worse teams. He's going to keep them up. I think Eric's, Erickson had a good game as well at the weekend, so I think he's going to be a guy that, that helps. Him. Did so, you see uh, the video yeah. of Brandon Williams? Yeah, I kind of didn't like that. I feel like I, I understand. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I don't know. I understand what it was coming from. Like that, I don't want other players to feel like they have to. You know, let off like he's a charity on, case yeah. or something. Yeah, like, he's Christian Eriksen. He wants to be out there playing at the top level, one hundred percent of the time. If he pulls you down, like get angry with him. <laughs> yeah, don't. Well, what if you kill him? That would be bad. <laughs> what if you kill him? That's not. If if people have to worry about if they're going to be too aggressive to kill him, he shouldn't be playing. Of course, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think he. I mean, that was everyone's fear, right? Then he comes back, and no one, no one's going to know what to do with him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, that was Credit cool. to Brentford for taking the risk on him, and it might pay off in a big way. It's gonna be great when he scores his first goal. Yeah, that's gonna be, be that's gonna yeah, be awesome. We still have to play Brentford. Hopefully, it's not against us. He's a pretty good uh, set piece taker, right? He is really? absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes, yeah. Um, <laughs> there was a there was like, a, like, uh, there's like there was a thing on Todd that he could never beat the first man on a corner. It was funny. In, oh, for, that's the worst. It, it, it was so consistent. You see him, right? Yeah. It was over It was so consistent. But the Brentford, their first goal was off of a corner that Erickson whipped in, and a Brentford man won it on the front front post. So it hit the first man, but for the right team this time. Well, you yeah, think you okay. you that's think his teammates would pick up like, all right, well, Chris is going to put this right where that guy's standing. So yeah. I just need to run in front of him, flick it onto the back post. I don't know if Norwich is capable of that. Yeah, Norwich defense is capable. Yeah, from what I've seen, the Norwich defense doesn't do too much. I'm surprised Ozan Kabak has had quite an unfortunate. He's not good. He's like frozen out of the Norwich squad now. Yeah, he's not good for like potentially being a Liverpool starter to being frozen out of the worst team in the Prem is quite a downfall, Mm -hmm. and having to go through stuff he did with Schalke. Yeah, and he a rough career so far. Yeah, he has. See, um, Palace. Pal- that was surprising two 0 win over Wolves. I didn't really see that coming. Yeah, especially with Wolves' uh, record lately. Um, 
Yeah, so that was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, it's always good to see Palace do well. And not just because Vieira's at the helm, but you want to... That's a team you just kind of always... I like, like Palace. Third, that's like a double back pocket cheering. <laughs> yeah. I like to see uh, I like to see those guys do well. I feel yeah. that way about Wolves, so it yeah. kind of hurts a little bit. The Wolverhampton Wandering Wolves. When I was choosing what team to be a fan of way back when I was young, it was between Wolves and Spurs. Were Wolves in the prem at the time? They, they were, and then they got relegated that season, so I chose Spurs. Shoot! <laughs> <laughs> I just like... I just like some of the players they have. Like I really like Ebrechi Eze and uh, oh, Michelle. Yeah, supposed to be awesome. Michelle really Elise, I really like him. Oh, Elise! No, I'm thinking Elise. Sorry, he's he's. Um, that was a player I wanted Tottenham to sign because he yeah, was just yeah, sure. hanging out in the championship for Reading. He had like 20 plus goal contributions as a 19 year old in the championship. I was like, we should scoop him, and they got him for like 10 mil, 15 mil, and he's yeah, he's been great. He's been doing pretty well. Yes. Two goals, five assists, 21 matches. I mean, stats don't. Yeah, hopefully but they, they're they're pals. Keep him doing well because he didn't. Vera didn't do great in uh, in MLA. He gives him MLS, right? Yeah, I think uh, New York, New York City, City FC, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then he had he had some other stint somewhere. I can't remember. I want to say he was in France. That sounds right. Um, yeah, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I, I always like seeing those guys do well. He was game. with the City Academy for a while, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Thanks, Vera. Yeah. Um, the last game Saturday was Liverpool one nil over West Ham. Right, how about that? Um, you know, I, I didn't watch that game, but I heard West Ham was a little unlucky not to grab a point there. I saw Trent had a goal line clearance. Mm. Um, I didn't watch either. But that's that another big three points for Liverpool keeps them right in the thick. Well, they scored. Yeah. I mean, they scored. You know, halfway through the first half and then held it. Yeah, which is a little surprising. They couldn't score again. Yeah, it is definitely. Um, but I mean, West Ham is, you know, they're a good year. They yeah. compete. They really do every week. Um, well, but and, I think and, I, did, did Bowen get hurt in that game? Oh no, he did come Bowen's out. Bowen's having a good year, and Declan Rice is like he's Declan number Rice. one on everyone's list right now. Right, yeah. he's the best England me. Bowen did get hurt. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I, th- I feel I could see Declan Rice moving somewhere. Pressure. I thought. Small, small fee. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I mean, I was expecting him to go to United, but now I'm seeing reports that, like, if United don't make Champions League, their transfer budget's only going to be, like, $50 million. I don't believe Which it. I don't, even, I don't believe it either. man but, out the door. Yeah, I mean. Marcus you Rashford. Her, her, yeah, Marcus Rashford. I was thinking, I thought you were going to say Harry Maguire. But I don't think they can sell Maguire. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, yeah, I think Ronaldo's logical as well. I just don't. Who, who wants Maguire yeah. right now? Seriously. His pr- and that's and that's the the thing of selling a guy or buying it for eighty million because then that's just sitting there. And then who's gonna? What are his wages? He's got to be on. Uh, probably very their high. wage bill is ridiculous. We talked to Felix. I got a good friend that was on last week who's a Man United fan. And him and I went through their wage bill the other week, and it is unbelievable. Their wages. They got like. I think they got Fred on like two fifty, three hundred a week. Yeah, he was talking about Juan Mata is still collecting like oh, wow. I think over like yeah. two hundred thousand a yeah. week. Which so is, yeah, making two fifty. RCL is making two fifty. Rashford RCL. is only on two hundred. Harry Maguire, uh, they say Harry Maguire is on one eighty nine. Still, still a lot. Pretty still good amount for how bad it is. Who can pay that bill? Yeah, but I, guess, I mean, I guess I'll just. Oh my god, they're paying Ronaldo twenty six million dollars a year. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That's five hundred a week. So this is funny because I can only compare the baseball numbers, right? And and thinking Derek Jeter making twenty, at his prime, he's making twenty million bucks a year. Yeah. It's a two, you know, the the weekly salary thing is just bizarre. Yeah. But David DeGea is making nineteen five a year. 
So he's making Derek Jeter money. Wow. Sancho was making 18 a year. Yeah, they signed wow. Sancho on a huge deal. Rafael Moran, Moran is making 17, almost 18. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so they have like their whole, on 15. their whole starting 11 is just. Marcial's on 13. Anthony Marcial is making like all star second baseman money. And I mean, at least they have. And he's not even for him right Sevilla, now. <laughs> Sevilla might be footing some of that bill now, yeah. but. God, Marcial's making more than Rashford. Think about that for a second. That is crazy. That's crazy. McGuire's on 9.8 a year. Well, that honestly, comparison to the other players, doesn't seem that bad. No, Juan Mata's on eight, and eight almost eight and a half. Juan Mata. <laughs> Luke Shaw, $27 million a year. Fred, $6 million a year. Oh, no. Sorry. These are pounds. So <laughs> That's even more, more in U.S. dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Victor Linderloff is making 6.2 million pounds a year. <sighs> Victor Linderloff. Eric Dyer can make that. That dude, so by the way, in. looks like Christian Bale. Take a second. <laughs> Do the side by side. Looks like you look up. You look yeah, up. I Lindelof, that, I look actually. up. Bale. Oh, poor Donny Vanderbeek was on six point two. <laughs> yeah, that guy's not having. Dean Henderson's time. on five point two. Just for, sitting on the bench. Just sitting on the bench. Tell me I'm wrong. I need a younger. Oh yeah, I definitely mm-hmm. see that. Hmm? Okay. I guess. What are some other celebrity? <laughs> for... Sorry. Hey, every time I see him on the pitch, I'm like, oh my god. Danny Welbeck and Wesley Snipes is like the one that always comes to my mind. There's that guy that Drew lives with or lived with last year and Kai Havertz. Yeah. What is his name? Jack. I still live with him. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, Jack yeah, really Jack looks Andres. like Kai Havertz. He does look like Kai Havertz. Yeah, that guy. Kai Havertz is an odd-looking duck. <laughs> sure They're your roommate. <laughs> he's also super tall, Kai Havertz. I think he's like 6'2". I mean, as footballers one. go, he's big. Like, you see yeah. other guys, he's way bigger than you think he is. Yeah. Um, Some games real quick, real yeah. quick before... um. Before we get into our team's games, because we still have to discuss those, I'll just mention the Manchester Derby, which was oh, yeah. never close. Uh, 4-1 to City. That's great. De Bruyne running the show. <laughs> Two Dude goals is so good. Assists. He's he really so good. Is. But there's never been a more lacrosse hockey-looking player in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> IT guy-looking player. No, that guy, that guy went to a prep school in New England. <laughs> I agree. He does. He, he does has some like questionable that. interactions with law enforcement. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, great performance of him. Uh, Mares adding two goals, yeah. hitting one off to his face at the end of the game. Yeah, that was um, which got called off sides and then didn't. Mares, Mares is like the best player not to be a starter in the league. Yeah, um, I saw, he only yeah. starts like half or less than half. He's yeah, and he just he's so always. Good. I mean, I've always rated Mares. I think he's just. When I was rummaging around good. looking for the PSG president news, another link came up that they kind of want him as an Mbappe replacement. Mara, he, yeah. he would dominate. He would dominate. Thirty-one. He's been around a while. Oh no, 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 no! It was Di Maria replacement, not Mbappe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes more That's, sense. I mean, closer. I could see Mara's going for at least another four years in the French league. I could see him going for at least another two, three years in the Premier League. Honestly. Where did Where did uh, Leicester get him? Oh, um, I think like maybe I think like League Two, two yeah, or League right. One. That's right. Yeah, That's right. Ligue 1. Um, let's get the specific La Habre. La Habre. Uh, that's up north. Yeah. It's on the coast. It's a big, 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 big shipping port. Oh, cool. In Normandy. All right. Well, with the final minutes here, we can get into Arsenal's game at the weekend. 3 2 win over Watford. Um, Some of the best goals we're going to see all year. Seriously. That brilliant goals. Goal was... it, started, it started with Odegaard with just a sumptuous back heel into Saka's pack. <laughs> that was gnarly. That was. Ozil vibes, honestly. Like, oh, yeah. It reminded me a lot of that. And the finish as well was great. 
Um, Watford had an immediate response through a bicycle kick. That was a terrific goal as well. Good goal, not very well defended. Not it defended well. But... Came down the flank and overlap didn't get covered. And then the, the floating cross, no one really picked up on. The finish was great. Yeah. Could have been defended better as all. Well. Yeah. You know, you'd hope a, a towering center back like Gabrielle could deal with that. or Harry Maguire would have gotten it too. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Maguire would just hit his giant head and he wouldn't have known anything about it. For <laughs> <own goal. laughs> yeah, yeah, and like Arsenal teams in the past, I've seen us go to Watford time and time again and drop points. Oh, for sure. And when I saw that goal go in, I said, oh, this is going to well, be Well, don't overlook the fact they got scored on the first 17 seconds. And it got yeah. offsides, right? It so was they, offside, to be fair. Not but by yeah, much. I remember I turn on the game, the first thing I see is Dennis putting the ball in the net. I yeah. go, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, Arsenal coming from behind has not been a thing they've been good at lately. Yeah. Well, no, I shouldn't yeah. say that. Lately, they have. Prior to lately. In the past, yeah. Going down one nil would have been bad. Um, and then the re- the response was, was great from that point on yep. for pretty much the whole match. The 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 work rate from Saka and then mm-hmm. the the back heel from Lacazette into Saka's finish was was great as well. Lacazette's getting uh, a ton of really good work done even though he's not scoring. Yeah, his assist numbers have been excellent over the past his 10 work, games. His so. work rate since Obama Yang left. That was my concern is that his best friend leaves, he's going to just down tools. He's turned it up a notch. He's worked hard. Yeah. He could score more and take better shots, but he's doing a ton of off the ball work. Yeah, and hold up and distribution. And his one-touch play is very Wenger ball. Hmm. It is. Very he, much Wenger ball. Yeah, he's he's always been a great hold-up play yeah. kind of striker for us. And I've, But the layoffs of him on Sokka and Odegaard are great. Like yeah. Old school. Yeah, they got a great chemistry going right now yep. in that front line. And then maybe the most impressive was the swift finish for our third goal through Martinelli. Started from Arteta, the ball boy. <laughs> I know. Giving it off to Sokka, who... Played in the path of Cedric. He got it to Odegaard, who flicked in. Lacazette, one touch. Martinelli, top corner. Um, he needed that goal, too. He did. It meant a lot to him. You could see in the celebration. Yeah. Um, well, he just came out and said he never wants to play for another team. He's, he's ended his career there, he said, if he would. Yeah. Which is a I've really bold that. thing to say. Never well, last. 20 years old. <laughs> never last. No, the I, thing I, about Martinelli is no one took a chance on him. I mean, he we got him, what, from Brazilian second or third yep. or yep. some out of nowhere team and he's he's come in and been an, a brilliant surprise and just a great great player for us well i told you he, he, he played the he played the shirt off obama Yang. like he absolutely did he was getting the yeah. minutes he was working harder oba wasn't producing letting him go when you got that guy when you got that kid coming through is it, it, made it much easier to yeah be like Okay. And now he's getting the minutes. A tenth of the price and twice as hard working. Hmm. What do I do with that? Yeah, the work rate's always been there from him. The, yeah. the the finishing's starting to come. We've seen some excellent finishes from him this season. And he wants to score. He wants to shoot. He wants like he's exactly. aggressively he's purposeful. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's it's honestly you know, I'm not really sure why Smith Rowe wasn't even on the team. Maybe he was COVID. It was just sick. Okay, okay. I thought no, there was some not, illness um, there or something, but. Not uh, not contagious, but like effects of, I guess. Okay. Yeah, because that was his, I think it was the second straight game out because yes. he hadn't played since the Brentford game. But I mean, look, it's there's a lot of good competition and competition happening right now in our attack. Yep. Um, and there's certain players that you know you just can't leave out of the squad, and Martinelli is arguably becoming one of them right now. Yes, I think so, and I think what you see is ideally, from a fan's perspective, is what could be the next five years of Arsenal. Yeah, it's a think, core yes. of 20-something-year-olds who stick together, and I think it is underrated 
you know, I think because of the city model, because of the Chelsea model, plug and play expensive players, everything was fine. You know, Man U is seeing the problem. You just buy good players, expensive players, and they'll be great. I think having a core, and you're not going to be able to keep them all, but a core of six or eight kids who train together. Yeah. I mean, if you played a team and sport, you know the value of seeing the same people and anticipating it and sure. getting that heel turn right. to go to somebody you know is going to be there. Right. You you buy a fifty million dollar winger, you don't know what the hell they're going to do halfway through the season. Mm. But if you're everyday training and you've been there for two or three years, I think Arsenal will be lucky and smart if they can figure out a way to keep that together as long as possible, knowing yeah. full well that at some point City's going to be like, I will take you and I'll take you, <laughs> and some of that stuff you can't avoid. Yeah. But man, I want to see, I want to see that group five or six of them, including Tommy Asu, including Ramsdale. Right, like they're all young. Yeah. Right. And just stay together and build a team because you don't you just don't see that in sports anymore. Right. In, yeah. in the NBA, you see, you know, LeBron building super teams. But that's like two, three seasons of guys who are established. But a team that grows together and comes through together is like we just don't see it. And it'd be really, really nice. And I think, you know, and especially because it also means they're not spending money stupidly exactly. in the market. Yeah. Right. It's they're building, all, building. It's all in our hands right now. Yeah. I think and there's I think great potential there. The, the, the last thing I want to touch on before we. I've been telling them here at the end. Um, it's just, I haven't felt like a Arsenal squad and, and at least a lot of players have had this level of passion in the past. Like mm -hmm. you can tell how much they care about playing for the club right now. Um, you know, and I think a lot of that has to do with guys like Saka and Smith are coming through the academy. Yep. But even the new signings like Odegaard has come out and says he feels like he's at home. And just the passion levels right now. I think Arteta does have a hand in that. I think he's definitely instilling that in the players. I agree. Um, but it's it's an exciting time right now. And I'm genuinely excited for the rest of the season. Um, a little bit nervous as well because we're in the heat of a top four race. We're obviously fourth place after the win. Uh, but it's exciting right now. And I'm looking forward to it. It is. And a lot rides on that fourth place. There's, there's sure the does. Money, and again, it comes sure out does. of money, right? Wow. The, the, money, the money matters, unfortunately, in a yeah. way that we wish it wouldn't. Uh, in Europa, would be great. But the last time we were there, we should have won it and didn't. Yeah. And, and, and it's been downhill since. So, yeah. no, I think you're absolutely right. I think Arteta has a lot to do with the culture. Right. And if you see some of those early interviews, I just watched one where he said, there's a right way to do things in the wrong way, and we're going to sort out the guys who don't do it the right way. And, that and he means, has. And, and, He's been a man of his word. It has. And, and people don't like it. But uh, the guys who have come in, the kids who have come in, have been excited. They've been dedicated. Um, they are, you know, it, it's mutually beneficial. It's good for the team, but it's also good for them because they are young enough that they have to build their career still. So if they want to go somewhere else, you can't be Matteo Ganduzzi and be good, but be aloof and be a jerk. Yeah. Right? Look, look, look what's going good for that. him. He's at Marseille, whatever. Yeah. He didn't last at Arsenal because he thought he was too good. You've got guys who are working hard, getting stuff done, because if they want that bigger move, they got to prove it. Yeah. So it's, it's that sweet spot of, like, dedicated to the team, sure, but also caring about knowing, well, i I got to prove myself still. Yeah. And they're, right. I think they're benefiting from that core being or, – or, doing a lot together which is absolutely yeah let's talk the talks well there were five goals in your game but you only scored three of them <laughs> <laughs> we scored all five you write that down before you got here. <laughs> i've been mulling it over <laughs> workshopping it it was pretty good we all watched it together yesterday um yeah just a comprehensive tottenham performance five now yeah, from the get-go um, now I think as good as Tottenham looked, Everton looked equally Everton looked really bad. they really, were really horrible really um yeah. and Real quick before you guys talk Tottenham, Everton definitely in a relegation battle. Mm -hmm. Not used to it either. Like they don't have the experience of a relegation battle. When has Frank Lampard ever been in a relegation battle before? Mm -hmm. 
I see this squad in big trouble right now. I really do. And they, are and they have a tough run of fixtures right. to end the season. List. And they're good. They're good players. And and theoretically, a good a good coach. I mean, you can debate it. But they're good players. They should not be exactly. where they are. Definitely. Exactly. Decore is good. Calvert Lewin, Richarlison. These are good players. It's a team that, like last season, was you know finishing top half, right. like yeah. not encountering too many problems. Like you. Played yeah. Everton, you were kind of worried. You know, they're a good team. Kind of worried. But now I was like, we saw, I saw we had Everton on the schedule next. I was like, oh, we should. And I'm never confident for games. I'm like, we should steamroll them. But yeah, we always are taught. Careful that, just as a FYI. Careful, <laughs> careful thinking about that that way. Oh, I, I mean, I always have like some sort of. Arsenal yeah. didn't do so well. Cautious optimism. Yeah. In the There's always game, a possibility, you know? but it was never in doubt yesterday. I mean, inside of 20 minutes, it was 2-0. Yeah, I kind of knew it was uh, like Michael Keane thumping in a great finish into yeah. his own net. Yeah, uh, Sun scoring right under Pickford, which he probably should have saved. Yeah, um, and then from that point on, it was pretty much the Harry Kane show. Yeah, and, and Matt, Matt Doherty. Doherty. Matt Doherty. Yeah, I saw that goal too. Matt Doherty's finally hitting form, which is like you know it took him two seasons to do, two and a half years to do, but if you know now's the time since Emerson's been so poor. What yeah. him? Is he was he wing backing or is yeah. he? He's been wing backing. Yeah, yeah. He kind of did. He didn't really do that under Mourinho, which wing back was always his preferred position. Never really fit in under Nuno, which nobody really did. He's a Wolves guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah, played under awesome. Nuno, yeah, that's, yeah, which right, I was right, like, well, maybe we can get something out of Matt Doherty. Like right. that wasn't. He, we didn't. He didn't get anything out of anybody. But it's Conte. To get the but yeah, players like that. Yeah. What do you What do you all think about Conte? It's I mean, interesting, man, because like we've drastically improved. Oh, compared to the Nuno Spurs, sure. So I definitely think he's a better coach and probably one of the best coaches in the league. But it's it's hard with him as our coach. Every week he gets up there and just like he's so. If there's a loss. It, and, it seems like the world's crumbling, right? Yeah, he's like he goes out there and he's honest, which is kind of scary in a different way a than Mourinho was. Yeah, Mourinho was like honest, and you're like, well, this is kind of like the few. But Conte's honest, and you get worried. Like yeah. I never really was worried when Mourinho was honest. I was like, this is maybe what they need to hear. But when Conte's just like, we lose a game, he's like, I need to evaluate my future. I'm like, yeah. when Mourinho, whoa. When Mourinho's whoa. Honest, he's like, we lost, it's the player's fault. Yeah. When Conte loses, the entire organization is in part of the ground and yeah. I'm leaving. That's yeah. what it sounds exactly. like. Yeah, he's much more holistic in his condemnation, which which sounds a risky thing to do as the manager. Right. Right. Don't when you're not in charge of the you don't, you don't sign the checks to say that there's a big problem. I mean, he basically comes out and like, there's some serious problems with this organization. You're like, dude, they employ you yeah. for now. <laughs> he's probably well, right. I think he's right, and I think hopefully... Oh, for sure. You guys are hamstrung by Levy. Absolutely. Yeah, right. yeah. Absolutely. And hopefully, you know, like, hopefully we, if we can keep him around, I think, like, a lot of that rides on getting top four. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe if we get Europa, he'd stick around too. But hopefully we finally back a manager. Yeah, Seems like it's be been nice. ages since we've done that. I saw someone talking yesterday. I heard someone talking that they think that the prime uh, Levy's priming for a sale. You were, you, I've you seen think, that. I've you? seen that too. <laughs> I've seen seen that floating around at three billion. So like in the same range as Chelsea. And you see, that's interesting comparing those because they're Arsenal's blueprint for when you build a new stadium, right? You're you're it's Project Youth for ten years. You are hamstrung yeah. paying that back. Tottenham goes and does the same thing. So to say that they're valued at this money, and then here's Chelsea saying four, and they want to build a new stadium. Like his whole uh, Abramovich is tied to Putin is what has stopped the Chelsea building their new stadium, right? Because the British, the, the government stepped in and, and screwed up his financing like two years ago because they were supposed to be building a new Stamford Bridge. Mm-hmm. Huh. 
So to sell, it'd be interesting to just track all this because in the middle of trying to sell your club when you just built this big thing and you owe a bunch of money for it. Yeah, how does that you know, kind of transfer over? Yeah, I mean, it, I'm, 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 again, it would restrict who's interested. Because also it's like Levy's like not even the majority shareholder. Joe Lewis? Joe Lewis is, yeah. which is just like, I don't really know what Joe Lewis is ever up to. He no, just kind of sits ever. in the Bahamas. I know you don't hear about it. Yeah, exactly. no, yeah. never. But so, so who who's the full ownership board then? It's, I mean, I I think like the way the ownership's been, it's two thirds Joe Lewis, which I think is under Enoch. Joe Lewis is like the head of Enoch, and then Levy is thirty three percent, and the other thirty three percent. But Levy is kind of like in charge of running stuff. Like he's the chairman. Even though he doesn't own the majority yeah, yeah. of the club, I think hmm. I'd have to double check that. But that's so it's not. So that's interesting then, because yeah, it, he seems to be the decision maker. Definitely. Oh, definitely, definitely. Right. So it's you kind of put it on him, but then again, he doesn't own the club. Which yeah, is a, which is a weird thing. It is. I mean, I guess you have chairman, right? The, the, yeah. the man you go through, you know, has had that problem, and you get rid of him, and the Glazers still own it. Right. Um, so maybe it is a matter of, but since he's he's a chairman with ownership stake, that's that complicates it's a bit different, it. yeah. yeah. And it seems like a vanity project for him a little bit, right? Like, what is he getting out of it? I mean, money, right? He's extracting money. But if they're not as successful as they could be, because their best shot was definitely under Potch, right? Like, yeah, yeah that, that was... was they, they should have done more. That was it. Him. Yeah. Their man for man, their best quality teams were under him. When you were talking about Arsenal's project... I was like thinking the youth, same thing. I was thinking Spurs under Pochettino had that sort of core. With like yeah. the young Erickson, Delhi, yeah. Kane, Dyer. I mean, you had some old heads even, in there too. His son coming in, who was still pretty young then. Danny yeah, Rose was, was kind of still young, but yeah. Mid 20s guys. And that's just like one day, like you have that core, but like you can never be satisfied with that core. Even like, don't even go spending big money on these like, you know, like headline players, but, you know, just getting some bench players, you know, just strengthen the squad is never, never dangerous. Well, this is the, the problem that Arsenal seems to face or think they face is that you have an owner who his track record of owning sports franchises is pretty well known and he's come out and said you don't own to win right if you think you're going to win that's well he just won so he better win with us too (laughs) but the idea that he knows he can make money without winning because it's the name because it's arsenal right it's not brentford right right he sell the reason that arsenal goes to the far east every year is to show up and be like hi Keep buying insurance, <laughs> yeah. please. Yeah, exactly. right. That's what, what. Why does he come to America? Right. I was actually. I did see them when they play. I forgot. I went and saw them when they played Real in DC. Oh wow! Cool. Right on that. Trip. I remember that um, game actually. Yeah, I went. I totally forgot. I went to that. Or preseason. That's all money making. That yeah. is all churning the dollars, regardless of where you where you land, because you're Arsenal, because you can do that, because you're Man U, because you're Tottenham. So winning takes on a different value other than you know the champions league the top four I and mean, again arsenal is getting top four with crap teams year after year people sort of overlook the value that that was that they yeah, can still yeah. do the that. whole joke of you know arsenal equals four top and four is I a wish, trophy yeah nobody I wish, it is. I wish that still was the when case, it's when it's know? worth 32 million dollars just to show up yeah it's yeah. a big yeah. deal yeah right so it's interesting you know to hear levy and what he wants to do because now he's got this debt he's got a team that can't seem to get it over the line but part of the shareholders are probably like, okay, <laughs> yeah, great, True. keep us keep us relevant. We'll keep making money. Especially with the stadium being used for so many different. Well, things. right when it's when it's purpose built, you know the NFL stuff is its own thing there. You yeah, guys know that, right? Yeah, yeah. they mm-hmm. purpose built it. I mean, that's 
that's a giveaway for where your heads are at. I mean, yeah, it's not exactly. Dumb, but it just means, you know, for, for that the discussion we had about, you know, real fans and everything, when your organization is like, no, we're actually just selling out to the NFL. <laughs> yeah, it's upsetting. It's, it's pretty clear that yeah. how it gets managed may not be, oh, we definitely have to win the league every year. I wish that was the priority. <laughs> right, and that's what I'm saying. I think yeah. I think we're all on a, all our teams are in a, in a world where that's... Weird spot. Uh, it's, it's hard to imagine possible. that everyone, anyone thinks that way. Yeah. Yeah. It'd, It'd be, be nice. Ludicrous. It would be crazy if Conte or Arteta came out tomorrow and said, next season we're going to try and win the league. There's just no chance. Um, not as it stands. Not unless yeah. not unless yeah. somebody finally investigates City yeah. for financial doping. Yeah. yeah. Right? Which happened and they just and showed up with crack spot right. lawyers and right. won the case. You know, on the flip side of Liverpool, it's sort of hard to... They don't seem particularly dirty. Uh, in that they spend way. a lot of money still. They spend a lot of money, but they've also bought really smart. Right, yeah. They've sold yeah, somehow. There's a Liverpool bonus for selling where they can sell crap for and make all. The you money. have that too. You have that. With we burned a couple too. people in the last couple of years for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like Alex Iwobi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Iwobi is the one. Yeah, the friend of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. But like Liverpool, you know, they seem to be okay. Also owned by Americans and the Red Sox, so I hate mm-hmm. them. Um, so they they're, they're a little bit. You know, they don't seem to be as gnarly, but, you know, City and well, Chelsea might disappear, Man U. Do you think there's a chance Chelsea disappears after this, after the sale? Oh, I don't really No, think I, so. I mean, I, I feel, uh, what do I think about Chelsea? Um, dep- it, it depends, right? Here's a smart guy answer. Depends. Depends who buys them. Um, it depends if you get somebody who's ambitious and is interested in sports washing as Abramovich is, right? Because that's fueled all of that stuff. Yeah. If they just want to own a really famous franchise and make money from it, then their chances of being in the top four go the way of Arsenal and everyone else, right? Mm. Um, is there a chance that some of those players are like, uh, I'm out? What's a chance of that? Sure. Um, for sure. You know, people's future, they're, they're also the team that has 37 dudes on loan. Right. That probably goes away, which which changes things. I suspect they're not going to be the same. Um, I think it's not going to be overnight. Yeah. I mean, they, they're sitting on a lot of stuff. They're sitting on championships. They're sitting on contracts that people aren't going to dissolve. They're still the champions of Europe, after That's, all. Right. So. I, they'll probably have one or two, I mean, who knows, one or two good seasons. You know, we've talked about predicting the future where that gets you. They'll probably have one or two good seasons before things start getting different. Mm-hmm. But again, it all depends on the leadership team. It depends who buys them. Um, there have been bids out already, and, and they want um, you know, people want to buy them but don't want to buy. One of the guys I heard talking about, a Swiss group, was coming in, and he was like, we're definitely not going to be a single owner. This is definitely going to be a conglomerate. We're definitely pulling our funds. We're not going to do anything stupid. Um, I, I think there's a lot of rational people who can see it as an investment different from the guy who owns it now yeah mm-hmm. uh, and that and, the, and their success yeah. has been largely fueled by a single dude willing to do whatever <laughs> to win yeah um and the people who buy it next probably won't be that person true so it stands for reason that they will not be where they are um but i have a hard time believing because they have now a culture of winning they have a they have a fan base. They're big. They have a nice, you know. I, I have a feeling they'll be around in and around the top four for a little while. Yeah. But I doubt. I would be surprised if it didn't change in the next two or three years. Yeah. Okay. That's a pretty. I hope it does. Answer. Yeah. I think we all agree on that. Definitely. 
Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's you know, it's hard pointing fingers, right? Because he's gross, and Arsenal had Uzmanov, who's gross, uh, right. and it's getting stuff seized. And then you know, I still, it's hard to be like, no, but the guy who owns Walmart's totally cool. Not <laughs> if you own Walmart, man, you've got you were tied to some really awful things as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just don't talk about it the same way, right? We yeah, don't talk about right. human rights violations, but where do you think all your stuff comes from? Yeah. Right? Um, so there's, it's an, nobody really seems to dig into that argument much and you don't hear about it, but somebody's going to yeah. at some point be like, and, and this is what a lot of pundits are talking about, like how, where do you draw the line of, of, you know, of being a billionaire and what's gross and what's not gross? And you're like, Stan Kroenke, but he, he's an American. Yeah, but, he, but he's married to the Walmart heiress. Walmart is, you don't get to be the world's biggest company with hands clean. Yeah. Period. You, just, you just don't. So as fans, you got to think about like, where, where's that line for you as a fan? Is there a point at which you're like, I can't, and this is a big debate about Newcastle. We've, we've talked, we've, about, we've that, talked about that. We've talked about We talked about this last week, I think. Yeah. With yeah, Newcastle, there's a lot of debate about what are Newcastle fans doing right now? Yeah. And a lot of them being like, bring it on. Yeah. Exactly. And, that's strange. That's JT and I agreed that, like, react. if that kind of happened to Tottenham, we'd kind of have to wipe our hands. Yeah. Same with the I would club. have to not support Spurs anymore. Yeah. Which isn't think, an easy decision to make, but all. it's no. definitely, like, the right decision. And I think there are those folks, you know, I think there are those folks who think that way about Newcastle and think, I don't know about City. Um, again, Liverpool, but I don't hear, I don't think any Arsenal fans, I think they're more offended by the fact he's American than anything, right? I don't think but, anyone cares. Yeah, Accepting Super Bowl trophies on the stage and right, not really caring about what's going on across the pond. No, now that I the sun looks like that. the sun now looks like Rasputin. Um, yeah. <laughs> Josh Conkey's got this big long hipster <laughs> yeah. beard. It's yeah. it's cool. But it's um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't hear people pushing back on Arsenal. I mean, thank God Uzunov's out. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, the guy who owns it is a billionaire who is tied to the biggest consumer, uh, the, the biggest retail store in the world yeah that is not all clean it cannot be yeah, and i'm sure okay. joe lewis's money and i don't joe even yeah i don't like it i don't know where levy or lewis really got their money from but probably not oh i looked into levy well, i read his bio at one point um i'm trying to remember uh it, it i want to say real estate i don't know that it is that's I, just I, tossing a guess out though it's uh i don't think it's in, intrinsically nefarious but, you know, I'm cynical enough to be like, if you have a billion dollars or many <laughs> millions of dollars, somewhere down the line, you're touching yep. something that is It's awful. a safe bet. Yeah. yeah. And that's sort of the way of the future of football. I mean, it's when when states own your, you know, PSG and City and Newcastle, it's it's no bueno. It'd be cool if we got bought by, like, a good country. Like the Seychelles. No one ever no one ever talks shit on the Seychelles. And it's a cool flag. So that would be cool. You mean us being Wishful thinking. Yeah, us. Oh, yeah, we meant, like, no, not you. You guys can be bought by Russia for all I care. We almost no, were. We almost were. Um, yeah, the sports watching thing is fascinating. Um, soft power. and yeah. Look at all the good we do in the world. Where does he get his money? What'd you learn? Um, so it seems like he mainly got it through. So he formed Enoch with Joe Lewis. So I had oh, it a little okay. wrong. Seems like that's where they got most of their money. They kind of like moved their way up. He was originally the director. He was the director at Rangers, and then they bought. Um, they held stakes in AEK Athens, Slavia Prague, FC Basel, and Vicencia, and sold them all. And then also had money in Warner Bros. And Cambridge Software, 
Oh no, Cambridge Analytica. No, okay, a Cam Cambridge software company, Autonomy. Oh, okay, and then they invested in Tottenham, but he originally he was a vault. After graduating, Levy went into his family business, Mister Byright. Don't know what that is. Oh yeah, yeah and he was yeah. also involved in property development, so he had a little bit. Yeah, just commercial yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just, just a nothing out, <laughs> nothing outright wrong, but no, like no. you said, probably nothing. Probably somewhere in there. Well, they don't put the human trafficking stuff on Wikipedia. If you're not watching Letterkenny, that was a Letterkenny reference. Oh, I love Letterkenny. Oh, the, I, dark, the dark web. I, you, I think introduced me to Letterkenny. I'm not sure you remember, but I had your 140 class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you showed a clip of Letterkenny in class one time, and now my roommate and I watch it all the time. It, uh, you know, it's they have so a uh, happy. By the way, Happy International Women's Day. Yeah, yeah. Happy uh, they have a special episode out today. Oh, really? Letterkenny does for oh, International Women's we'll Day. Check it out. Yes, it's a good show. If you guys not do you not know. I haven't watched. I haven't watched. I haven't watched it, but I've heard of it. You, do yourselves a favor. <laughs> go watch Letterkenny. Hulu? In fact, it's, it's a Canadian Hulu. show. The clips are on YouTube, which are great, but then you realize there's a whole four seasons on Hulu, and it is... Uh, I think there's like nine seasons on Hulu. Oh, no, there are. Sorry. Uh, yeah, there are now. Um, it is quite good. It's very it's reminiscent of home. Oddly <laughs> enough. I'm going to Vermont next week. Where are you going? Break. Killington. Awesome. Yeah. Biggest snow in the east. Yeah, I'm they very also, they they compete with the places out in Colorado to see who opens first every year. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, because they make a ton of snow. I'm excited. Yeah, that's uh, that's a nice part of the nice part of the state. Yeah, I've been to Vermont a couple times. Always loved it. It's so beautiful. It is. We just opened our first um, semi-pro team. Well, no, oh, I shouldn't cool. say first. We've had them before, but uh, the Vermont Green FC. Which has a sustainable environmental like Forest Green Rangers. Uh, yes, awesome. yes. In fact, really Forest Green they they go back and forth on Twitter. Oh, okay, and, cool. Um, yeah, and so the Vermont State Soccer Association, the adult thing, we bought season tickets, a couple sets of season nice. tickets for like thirty five bucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're starting their, their inaugural season this year. It's uh, the, it's like the develop the, the development league two, I think is what they're in. So they play a bunch of East Coast teams. Maybe we can get on the ground floor and have them sponsor the podcast, or we can sponsor hey, them. You know, we should create our own. Semi-pro team. Well, you should find. I mean, who's the Richmond Kickers are the big team around here, but I don't know if there's anything else. They've been around forever. Not sure. I'm not, I've gone to a couple kickers games. They play like I remember they played Wigan one time. They oh, play really. Some <laughs> they played Wigan. Wow. Yeah. Wigan. Cool. They were in the Premier League. They won the FA Cup just a few years ago. All right. All right, well, boys. Anything else? No, I think that I think was it. it. Thank you so much for coming on. That's that was well, thanks for having me. Most interesting episode. Like I told you, we have so I've. Buddy in anthro, buddy in political science, buddy in bio, uh, another buddy in anthro or in sociology who are all soccer nuts. Gotta get so them all we, on. We're on a we're on a long ongoing chain of games and like one of one's an Everton fan, one's a Tottenham fan, one's an Arsenal fan. Uh, the new guy is just picking it up, so he hasn't really picked a team. Um, but we all, I mean, our our text chain is just football all day long. That's and, awesome. And watching results and so uh, love to hear that. Yeah, there are there are fans among us. But again, our generation is like, we didn't grow up with it. And so my high school coach is a Man U fan. Mm -hmm. And when I was in London, he took his whole family over and took the Virgin Train experience up to Southampton. He's like, I'm a Man U fan because that was the only team that ever made it on TV in the United States. Makes sense. Back in the yeah. 60s and sure. 70s. Yeah. Um, and that, so he had no choice but to be <laughs> a Man U fan, which is like why Man U is the biggest team in the world. It's yeah. exactly for that reason. Right. Exactly. But now you're like, no, I like this fourth tier team that you've never heard of that has seven players that are actually also farmers. Because <laughs> uh, I can watch them. <laughs> Stream their games. 
All right. All right, boys. Thanks very much for having me. Thank yeah, you. Thanks again. Thanks for being on. And um, 